Sirius 197, XM202, the virus. The Ron and Fez show starts right now. Okay, let's get down to it, Bobbers. Buddies, it's the Ron and I know show on a weekday, uh, a day that we were supposed to have the blizzard of 2011, and we've gotten uh, light rain. It's the dampness of 2011. It is, uh, and it's not so much as the, the dampness as it is the moisture that makes it uh, horrifying. Here comes Fez Watley into studio, and I'm trying to be more like British people now instead of saying the... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I'm going uh, on holiday, not a holiday. I like that, yeah. Or I'm in hospital, or I'm going to university. I don't know what their fucking hurry is over there, but they uh, are a bunch of, uh, well, Limus is what they basically yeah. are. Uh, Fez, bad news for you, and I'm going to start this Ichiban right off the uh, bat. Ichiban! So first, why were you out? Uh, we got a guest coming? Uh, we have a guest coming, or it's just checking on a time frame there. What kind of time frame are we looking on? Uh, probably in the next five minutes. All right, next five minutes, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, uh, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, HD TV, and so many other things, member of Entourage, uh, and now on Shark Tank. And this is a television show where Mark Cuban, they tie him up in chum, and he dives into a Shark Tank for your viewing pleasure. Uh, no, it's actually, you have to walk in there with a bunch of financial sharks and try to get money from them as these incredibly rich guys try to grab pieces of your dream for the lowest amount of money that they can. Uh, Fezzi, this one is going to be a rough one for you. I'm sure you uh, know about it, but uh, here we go anyway with Justin. Give Fez today's Ichiban. Hey, Mr. B. Uh, entertainment Ichiban. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor has died at the age of 79, I'm sorry to say. Peace. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor, of course, one of the members of Duran Duran, passes away. That's a, those are different Taylors. What are their names? Uh, I think you had Nick Taylor, Andy Taylor. A lot of Taylors in there. A lot of Taylors. Oh, I'm thinking we're related. I'm thinking of Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, obviously, a uh, part of Mayberry was a sheriff there for so many years and had a lovely son named Opie. Now, I know what you're thinking. Our Opie? No. Uh, a different Opie. No, no. That, that, of course, was the character played by Andy Griffith. So, well, What was his name? Uh, Sheriff Taylor. Yeah, Andy Taylor, staying yeah. with the Taylor bit. But anyway, let's go over to Elizabeth uh, Taylor. Why get into silliness first thing in the morning? 
Fezzes the Blowfield? Yeah, the most beautiful woman to ever grace a movie screen. And now she is gone. And two months in the hospital, just very, very sad, sad news. All right, well, there she are... never got over Michael Jackson dying. Uh, well, she never got over her years of, of drinking and uh, fucked the heart up. But either way, but nice facts, Fezzy. Um, we had a, uh, there's the Wikipedia, the most beautiful woman in the history of the planet Earth. She played Cleopatra mm-hmm. and tubed with that. Uh, and like, a, she was like a prostitute in Breakfast at Tiffany's, right? She wasn't in Breakfast at Tiffany's. And who was in Breakfast at Tiffany's? Some other fucking broad <laughs> that all the girls like. <laughs> uh, what's uh, what's her name from Breakfast at Tiffany's? Um, Audrey Hepburn. Wait, they're yes. not the same person? No, they're obviously not the same person. Um, here's uh, Paul, you're in Fez. Hey, rest in peace, uh, Liz Taylor. Her greatest contribution to us has got to be uh, Taylor Ham. Thank you, Liz. Well, I am uh, Taylor Ham is a uh, a fine fine uh, thing. By the way, I think that you're probably thinking of Cat in a Hot Tin Roof. Okay. At the same time it came out. Okay. And that's where she came up with. What's Big Daddy doing? Where's <laughs> Big Daddy? Yes. Very sexy. What is it about that phrase that just works? I know. More women should fucking. Adopted. And then she, uh, well, all you gotta do is remind him. That's true. Uh, and then, of course, uh, she, uh, during that whole movie, kept alluding the fact that Paul Newman was a gay. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Jesus. She wouldn't get off babyface for being gay. Um, let's go over here to uh, Paul. Paul, you're on the Run of Fez show. How's it going, buddy? It's fantastic. <laughs> Hey, uh, Chato Chosinko might become a soccer player. He has a four-day uh, tryout with the Kansas City Sporting, the uh, MLS team. Uh, well, first of all, the fact that the team in Kansas City I have never heard of before, I say we'll, we'll definitely want him as part of their lineup. Why not? Whether the guy can fucking play or not doesn't matter. Put, uh, you know, give him some kind of a neon jersey, have him sign his stuff for the kids. I mean, you got to figure this is an extra couple thousand fans wherever he's playing. And, you know, a lot of people are going, well, this is just a gimmick thing. Well, so is David Beckham in L.A. Yeah. And I'll watch those games anyway. Um, but it's not, you know, I, I think it's uh, good overall for everyone. And there's a lot guy gets to keep that money up. Sure they yeah, do. but what kind of money is he looking at? I mean, five grand a game or something. And uh, it seems like the lockout is a done deal. Yeah, it seems like it's... Even so though weird. it's this far away. They are so pissed. They're so... Yeah, both sides just despise each other. And it seems like somebody could come in there and say, look, you're both making a ton of money. Don't fuck with that. Yeah, no, they're, they don't care. Everyone just hates each other. And, there, uh, yeah, there are never, ever uh, enough uh, money. Um <laughs> Roger Goodell is saying that there won't be a scab season. It'll just be a no, uh, no season rather than a replacement season. Well, that's because the scab seasons don't work. Um, you you put a game on, they have the uniforms go out and play. There's 2,000 people in a giant stadium. You're losing money there. And then they're acting like ABC and CBS and Fox should be paying for it when no one watches. You turn it on for a couple me- minutes, you go... This is ridiculous. So, and then they owe that money back. Oh God! Instead of playing reruns, and 
they're it, worse off than ever. Because everything's fucked up. But the funny thing is there's always, like, one town that'll be happy about it because suddenly they've got a couple wins, and guess what? Those wins end up not counting anyway. <laughs> um, here is uh, Pete in Philly. You're on Run Fez. Yo, Ronnie. How you doing, buddy? Good. Hey, uh, is, uh, getting back to Elizabeth Taylor, is uh, Taylor Ham and Pork Roll the same thing? Yes, it is. Okay. And where exactly does Liz Taylor rank in the uh, lineage of beauty in Hollywood? Seventh. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. About to bring in our guest now. Mark Cuban is on the season premiere of Shark Tank this Friday, March 25th. That's 8 o'clock in the 7 uh, Central Shark Tank. Check it out at NBC.com. Slash Shark Tank. You ever have a big idea for business? Take yeah, I got an idea for business. Sure. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, real quick. All right. Um, actually, make an actual GTL spot. It's a one building, a gym, a tank salon, and drop off laundry. All right. So your idea for business is that you watched. Uh, yeah, but Jersey there isn't one of those left yet. And once the first problem blows up, it's gonna make a crap load of money. All right, then I'm in for thirty percent of your business. All I'll right. give you one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Let's go. Uh, Shark Tank, Mark Cuban. Let's bring him in. Mark Cuban dancing into the studio Shark Tank this uh, Friday night. Yep. Uh, how did you get caught up with the Shark Tank people? How did that um, Mark Burnett about? got a hold yeah. of me, and um, this is the second season, and he, we talked about doing the first, but because of scheduling and other stuff, I couldn't get it done. Mm -hmm. And so when they got picked up again, he was like, dude, you're going to be perfect for it. And I'd seen the show, loved it, and I wanted to go in there and wreck some havoc on them. Now, this is your money, your own personal yeah. money you're willing to put up? Absolutely, because I want to make some money with it. So these people come in from all around the country with some good and some not-so-good ideas, and you know they, they have the balls to stand up and pitch us. And if I like it, you know, I, I ask them questions to see if I like it, and then if I do... Boom. The cool part of the show is it's not just that. You've got the other sharks. There's five of us. You know, mm -hmm. Barbara Corcoran, all, Damon John from FUBU. There's some big-time entrepreneurs there. And so if it's a good deal, we're all beating the hell out of each other, too, and trying to come up with ways to, to get the other sharks out so we can grab We'll have some real credentials. They've oh, yeah. already moved their business along. Oh, yeah. I watched the preview you did the other night. And some of them are like, well, why are they even in the room here? Now, they all, they all got cash. Yeah. All these guys got cash, right? Barbara, you know, has got Cork and Realty around New York. You can't, you know, give two feet, you see her signs. Um, Damon Fubu does $6 billion in business. Robert Herkovic has got um, a software company. And um, Kevin um, O'Leary sold a $2 billion company way back when um, and has got all that money. Um, and so, you know, you put it all, all together, and there's some cash in the room. Well, what is kind of interesting, and you see the difference of people who have that, See that all you guys enjoy the juice, no matter yeah. what's happening. Um, exactly. It's a fun game for you guys to play. And I, I think that's something that I don't think we learn in school. You know what I mean? That right. Some people are born with that spirit, but could that be taught? 
What you guys do, can it be taught? You know, only through experience, mm -hmm. you know, because there's like, in this past episode, there was a deal that I really wanted. Believe it or not, it was a simple deal. These, these two ladies from Corpus Christi started up a, a little class that they held, they dance classes for kids, right? right? And so they put them into the schools that the kids were already in. So, you know, your kid goes to preschool. They go to the preschool and say, you know what? We want to put a dance class in and we'll charge 20 bucks. You'll sell it to your the kids in the school mm -hmm. and the parents don't have to pick them up and take them to dance, right? They just leave them there. Right. So it works. And then we're going to franchise that. And so they've already sold franchises. And so they're making money. They're selling these franchises right. for 30 grand a piece. So I'm like, this is a great business, right? You could take that everywhere with my help. It's going to be big. I liked it. Barbara loved the business, too. And so I pulled a trick that I learned from um, a basketball agent, actually. And I said, I said to the entrepreneur, you're going to come back with a counteroffer for all of us, right? But I'm going I'm to tell you something. I'm going to let you pick your price and make me one counteroffer. And if I say yes, you have to do business with me. Otherwise, I'm out. I'm not even going to listen to your counteroffer. Mm -hmm. And Barbara's there. No, you got to let me in on this. You got to let me in on yeah. this, right? And I'm like, no, you can't talk to her. You make the deal, and either I take it or I'm out. You, you in? And she made me a deal. I grabbed it. Barbara was pissed as shit at me. Right. But that's just the way it goes, right? Sometimes, you know, sometimes you're the shark and sometimes you're the chum. Now, in that deal, did you like the people that were pitching more than both. the... Yeah, I you like the both. Right. I like the people because, you know, these two young girls that are hustlers, right? And yeah. they had already shown that they were successful by selling seven of these franchises for 30000 bucks a piece with $1,000 per month minimum. And so, you know, that's, you know, good money for two people doing all the work. And so that's just right around Corpus Christi and some other places. You start taking that out, you could see having 600, 700 of these franchises, you know, charging $30,000 up front and then $1,000 a month. That's real money. Yeah. And the pitch becomes so important. You can't walk in there with a great idea and have a lousy pitch. No, you can lose right everybody. On. You're right on. I mean, yeah. and that's, you know, that's part of the juice of the show mm -hmm. because, you know, I've been on both sides, walking in in front of somebody and you know you just got one or two minutes to make your pitch, yeah. right? And you know you're not going to get it all in and you don't want to freeze and you're sweating. Like, you know, you saw on the show, you know, guys are sweating. sweat bullets out there, you know, and so you've got to be able to convey what the deal is, and then you've got to be able to deal with the shark's questions, and, and that's not easy. No, it, is, it isn't easy, and for anyone watching the show, I've had to pitch things to Mel Karmazin before. Mel's a beast! Uh, yeah, Mel's and I felt beast. like I got shark tanked. I that felt like, wait, wait, wait. Can wait. I tell you a story real quick yeah. on Mel Karmazin, right? Yeah. So I made all my money through a company called Broadcast.com, right? Mm -hmm. So all the streaming stuff, all the, the stuff that YouTube does, we started that in 1995. Right. And it was called AudioNet. And when we first got started, we went to a local Dallas radio station. And before live streaming even was available on the Internet, we would hook up an eight-hour VCR, connect it, then take the eight-hour VCR, encode it, put it on the net, on this AudioNet site. And then people would, from all around the world started to listen. We realized we had something. Mm -hmm. So who's the most dominant name in, in radio? Mm -hmm. Back then, Mel Karmazin, right? Back when he was doing CBS or whatever. Right. So I had to walk into Mel's office and pitch him, just me and Mel. Sit down, son. What you got? <laughs> and I had like three minutes to pitch Mel on this idea. He goes, all right, I like it. I love it. But I want 50% of your company. That quickly. That quickly. Mm. Done. I walked out. Walked out. Went and do it. And that's why CBS didn't stream their radio stations forever. Right. Right? Because he had a chance to be in this company, and we were dominating that business, and he went the other way. So we... We're blood, baby. We're we both, are. We're, we're we blood. are. And I actually, you know, that's the interesting thing. When I watched your show, I go, people are going to think, okay, this is a TV show. It's Final American. You get only a couple minutes. Boom. Now, here he is ready to buy 50% of your company. Yep. But three minutes is all he's going to think about that for. Yep. He's not going that's to it. regret. 
And you know what? You just that's just the way it goes, right? Yeah. That's the way business goes. And that's the cool part about the show because from my end, I get access to businesses I'd never otherwise see. Mm-hmm. And everybody else, everybody around the country watching, the show did really good in its preview. Um, you know, you get to see how 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 the hot dogs are made, how the sausage is made, right? right? And that whole the tenseness of it all. And for the entrepreneurs, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Well, sure, they're also getting a commercial, yeah, out no of question. this. And you know, but if I we rip them, though, could go the other way, yeah, right? Because there's one, there's a couple of them you'll see this week where we just tear them a new one, right? And so all of a sudden they went from thinking I got this great business, I'm going to be on national TV, to oh no, what yeah. did I do, right? And and it goes the other way. And there's a couple over the season. Um, I offered one guy over a million dollars. There's another business that gets offered four million. Um, another one um, got up to seven million, I think it was. So there's some real jack, you know, some real money yeah. that we're talking about. Now everybody's got an idea for a business. Yep. Most people um, they fantasize about owning the business or a big car. After right. where do most of us make the mistakes when we're putting together? You don't do the homework. Yeah, no homework. At yeah, all. I mean. Everybody thinks they got that special thing in them, right? Yeah. I got the will, like athletes, I got the will to win, but they, they never practice, right? Yeah. It's no different than sports, man. You, you got to do the work. You got to yeah. be prepared. When you walk into a room to present your business idea, you better know your business and your industry better than anybody else in the room. Otherwise, they're going to kill you, right? Because there's always somebody out there trying to kick your ass. Yeah. Always. If you have a good idea, someone's going to try to beat you. If you're in my business, I'm going to try to kill you. Right. I'm going to mm-hmm. try to kick your ass and put you out of business because that's, you know, I want to be as successful as possible in my business. Um, and so most people don't make an excuse. Well, you know, I can't do this because I got to go to work at Dairy Queen. Right. Or yeah. I can't do that. You know, I don't I don't have connections. I don't have I don't know how to raise money. Look, I mean, we started AudioNet, which turned which made it. We sold for five point seven billion dollars. We started with. um $3,000 in computer equipment and software. Mm. My company before that, Microsolutions, I didn't have any money. I was sleeping six guys in a three-bedroom apartment, didn't have an office, and um, I had just gotten fired from my software job. And so I went to this guy, and he was going to be a customer at that last job I got fired from, and I said, look, I don't have any money. Would you put up the money for the software? And if it doesn't work, if I can't do the job, I'll find out some way. I'll figure out some way to pay you back. Mm. And Architectural Lighting put up that money, and boom, the rest was history. And even after that, like we'd been in business almost two years, only had like four employees. I had $84,000 in the bank. We had some chick. Her only job was to answer the phones, take her accounts payable and payroll to the post office, right? One day, I, we get a call from the bank. You want to check something out here. And so I, the girl wasn't at her desk. I go to the bank. Turns out she was taking whiteout whiting out the payee and writing in her name. $84,000 in the bank. She walked away with $82,000. Her name is Renee Hardy, (laughs) H-A-R-D-Y, if you ever run into her. You know, but shit happens, right? Yeah. And and that's, but going back to your question, we didn't say, oh, man, we're fucked. You know, it's like, we got to go to work. And that's what we did. So when you find yourself in that position of, Everything's crashing down around you. When do you know when it's time to dump out like this did not turn out to be what we wanted or to keep keep on, keep moving on? I mean, I had a business um, selling powdered milk, yeah. believe it or not. And so um, it was like I went out and I couldn't sell anything no matter how hard I tried. I thought the milk tasted okay. Everybody else thought it tasted like shit. <laughs> I'm like, look, it's milk. Milk's expensive, right? right. You know, two bucks a gallon. We're back then. I was less, and I was like, it's half price. People will give up a little bit on the plate. No, milk tastes like shit. People won't drink it at all. They won't buy it, no matter how cheap it is, right? Yeah. And so, to me, I've got this law that you know, sales cures all. 
if you're if you're selling and you can make money on every sale, it's not like it will sell it for less than it costs. Yeah. You know, but if you can make money for on every sale, you can probably figure it out. If you can't figure out a way to sell your product or service, then you got real problems because there's no business that exists without sales. And you got to have the sales background. You've, if you don't, you can teach yourself. Yeah, but you you've you've got to be able to. Sell. You've got to have the balls to yeah. be able to go out and make the call, right? You know, we you know, I got my first sales job was selling garbage bags door to door. Right. So yeah. I learned how to sell. But, you know, selling is, isn't about hustling somebody. Selling is about saying, OK, I got something that I think you need. Right. And I think if you give this a chance, you're going to really enjoy doing it. And, you know, I tell all of our salespeople, what's wrong with going out and trying to help people? Yeah. You know, and if you have a shitty ass product, they ain't going to buy and you're not going to be there very long anyway. So give it a shot. I want to talk to you real quickly about the Landmark Theater sure. chain, which is one of my favorite businesses in America. It. Thank you. Uh, Go down to the Lower East Side. Yes. It's one of the few Sunshine. places that you, yeah, where you can go. Not only am I going to see this movie, I'm going to come back in a couple of days and see this one. Yep. Everything's different. How did you get involved in a in a business like that? The people's it's a chain, and yet people like myself feel connected to it and feel like you need right. it for the neighborhood. Well, you know, landmark theaters were in eighteen of the top twenty markets. We got three hundred screens, and we're geared toward geared towards independent and thought provoking films. Right? Yeah. We'll do you know the tent pull every now and then, but we want movies that are geared towards adults. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, where you're not going to walk in and and twenty kids are screaming on the phone or whatever. And so I got involved because. Um, my partner Todd Wagner and I wanted to get into making movies, and I always have a company, and I still have it called HDNet mm-hmm. and HDNet Movies, which is a TV network. It's you know probably the largest independently owned TV network in this whole you know crazy media world. And so the the goal has been and and has worked is to be able to make movies or make TV, put them in theaters, and then put it on TV, and then sell the DVDs or sell online through a different company called Magnolia Home Distribution that we have. And so that's what we've done. You know, we've created movies like Enron, the smartest guys in the room, great. Good Night and Good Luck, some stinkers like Godsend, um, Keelan the Bee was a great movie. Um, and then on HDNet, you know, we've got a whole range of shows, but that's kind of been the picture and really where it, it's really played out well. You know, if you've, if you've got cable or even satellite now, um, you'll go on cable and you'll, say before, you'll see a little thing called before it's in theaters, yeah. right? And so while everybody else in the world, when they're selling a movie, they'll put it in the theater first, then they'll put it on, you know, VOD, then they'll put it on DVD, and that's just the way it always works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, because we own Landmark, we're able to take movies through Magnolia and put them on VOD first, which means that there's less pressure for them to have to perform theatrically um, because we're making money off of VOD because not everybody can get to the theater. Sure, right? yeah. So you have the choice. You can watch the movie VOD. If you're more like I am, I'm more into watching it in a theater. You can go to the theater and we can we can take on movies that otherwise might not do as much box office because we take that pressure off by being able to do VOD. And we can also distribute more because more movies can get made because now we have a whole new source of revenue for the producers whether it's us or somebody else. I think it's uh, 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 unbelievable. And you can also see the directors down there sometimes. Yeah, well, exactly. Actors we bring people show up, in, yeah. And it's, it's an experience that you don't get anywhere and, else. And that's what we try to do, right? Yeah. You know, you just, sometimes you just want to go to a good movie that makes you think or that really, that you can just enjoy in a, in a surrounding where it's about the movie. Yeah. That's what we try to do. Uh, I think that's great. And also with the basketball playoffs going the way they are for March Madness, your uh, college football idea Seems to make yeah, more and more sense. Yeah, you time. know what? Yeah, you, we get so much into the playoffs, um, and 
you know, on the BCS stuff, obviously everybody hates it, right? Yeah, it's, it's awful. It's ridiculous. And so I hired somebody full time, and we're literally going, and I'm glad you asked because no one's asked me about it in a while. We literally have gone to almost every major school, Division One school, mm-hmm. and talked to the president and talked to the athletic director to get their feedback and try to, you know, find out what those elements are that they would need in order to have a playoff environment. And we're, we're taking two different approaches. One's just a straight-off playoff, but even in a playoff, you're going to fight about who gets in, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like we argued, should, a v, should VCU have gotten in or not, right. right? And in a playoff system, there's not that many teams for football, right? You can't have that many teams. Um, so we're also talking about having bracket buster schedules for um, football schedules. So, you know, in basketball, ESPN will have the bracket buster deals, yeah. which are great. Well, in football, one of the things that, that um, a lot of big schools do to game the system, like if you looked at Auburn's schedule this year, and look, there's no taking away they were a great team, but they played four cupcakes. You know, in sure. the seventh, season, seventh game of the season, they're playing Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, that, that's crazy. Right. That, that's not a hard, a super hard, you know, um, SEC schedule. And, you know, the, the head of the BCS will say every game is a playoff game. And so that's why we don't need a playoff system. Well, yeah. if you're playing Louisiana Lafayette. It ain't a playoff game. It's the same as a week off. So what we're talking to a lot of these guys about and getting a lot of great feedback is keep one or two weeks open. And then based off the BCS rankings, we'll pick, we'll match you up in a bracket buster environment. So the top two teams, the top two BCS rankings will play each other. The next two will play each other that are involved in this program. And if you win, you skyrocket up the BCS rankings. And if you lose, you didn't deserve to be there in the first place. I think the excitement level will go through the roof because no one pays attention to college basketball except for your local team until March Madness. Exactly. And now I can't escape it. There's people here who don't follow basketball all season, betting, involved in office pools. So with football, something that is much more, you know, it'll be gigantic. Huge. So, but we, you know, there's a lot of money involved Mm -hmm. and I don't think anything's going to really change until the current TV contract's over. So that gives us time, but you got to start doing those things now in order to get that change in three years. Uh, Shark Tank, if you're interested in business at all, I think. Well, just, you know, if you're interested in drama, drama, right? you know, it's kind of it, it's like American Idol for business in a lot of respects, but yeah. a lot, lot more fun, a lot more drama. And it's amazing. It is true. Within a couple of seconds, you either decide you like this person who's pitching, or you can't stand them. You're toast. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming in, man. Thank you, man. I really enjoyed it. Great right. questions. Ron Bennington, Fez Wadley, Ron and Fez on the virus. But check it out. He's going to get a huge settlement out of this. Like seven figures. He's getting out of this weekend to celebrate. We're all invited. I'm thinking I might take that new chick from logistics. If things go well, I might be showing her my O face. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I feel like I just got Shark Tanked with uh, Mark Cuban. Man, does he talk fast and often, and he wants us to uh, send him some stuff so he can send us tickets and uh, DVDs. 
But right away when he got in here, Hicks was saying, I'm going to play this song. It's the song to the thing. He comes in, he goes to Hicks. Why aren't you playing my song, Billionaire? Hicks completely ignores him and looks to the left. And he goes, everybody hates it, but I love it. And Hicks will not pay attention to him. Did you know he had this song? No, I didn't. Well, what was your... What was your defense there of acting like I don't know what's happening around me? Because I had my headphones on, and then I, t- I heard, saw him talking, and then I take it off, and I just hear you say, billionaire. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, That's drunk. his song. Find his song for him. He loves it. He loves billionaire. Um, so he's like, I mean, you send me these things. I'm going to send you some DVDs. I'm going to send you some tickets. I don't know how, you know. I, he's on a whirlwind. I feel, I feel like I'm turtle, and he's just getting half of that Mexican tequila company. Very fast talker. I will tell you this. I'm surprised how much bigger March Madness is this year. And he does have this plan to get college football. And it seems like college football, the end of the season is so dull with that. I can't even stand college football, to tell you the truth. It drives me nuts. I hate college sports. And just it's every, every, every two teams have a bowl, right? Pretty much at the end of the season. Everybody's yeah. got a bowl. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Why even have a bowl? It's all the same thing. It's just another fucking regular season Well, that's game. the problem when you see these bowl games now. You know, 8,000 people are showing up to them. And, you know, it's named. It's some naming rights. It's, you know, something you've never snack pack bowl. <laughs> like, hey, where I- is this? Why are they playing a... Uh, why are they playing a, a, a bowl game in Valdosta, Georgia? How did they get one? See, the crappy teams could still play their bowl games. And the who the, are you, Mark Cuban? No, no, now you better, know how it works. The better teams <laughs> would go to even more exciting bowls. Oh, you shaved today. I didn't even notice at the beginning of the show. I was wondering if anyone it's, was going to notice. No one has said a word to me. Uh, it's um, it's a very strange thing. It's a very strange thing with guys noticing other guys. I mean, we went through this before. Remember the time that you wore the same clothes for how long? Uh, about uh, six weeks. Six weeks. He wore the same clothes every day, and it never, we didn't notice at all. Now, the weird thing is, a girl will notice. A girl will notice if you've got cufflinks on, but a guy will not notice. Like, you could tie a fucking goat to your head, and a guy is just going to go like this. Did you get those fucking papers back to me, dude? Seriously, stop fucking around. I'll have your ass in here. I just joined a cult, though. Um, so let's get that stuff over. I, w- I want to make sure that we get that over to Franklin. Somebody did a thing yesterday. They put up on Twitter. Uh, horrible site, great interviews. Uh, something that Just John is going to help us with, I believe. Because I know Franklin's in his own world, and he's got, you know, trying to get another movie going. No, he's not drinking. Hicks does the universal... First of all, for you to act like somebody is like... He's off the rails, I think, Ron. Uh, I was worried yesterday about a meltdown I saw you take. They happen. Sometimes things pop. You have a fury inside you. It's unending. It is. It is. You have a dark, dark heart, my friend. Yeah, because you know I stuff everything down inside, and occasionally I don't see you doing that. I see you bitching constantly, and then you'll also 
go even crazy off. Okay, yeah. So it's not like you're holding it in. You're constantly letting it out, and then there's sometimes there's more than we even thought. Oh, yeah. All right, Fez Watley is on the stick today. He's newly shaven. Right. And I will say this about you. You come across looking less grandfatherly when you shave the beard. Yeah, and this is a very odd thing. I've had this shave since I was probably about five, six years old. And still have not mastered it. I think that's one reason, for, another reason for the beard. No, no one's good at shaving. Don't ever, you know, there is no uh, fucking, nobody's like, oh, I'm a really good shaver. Have you ever, remember when Queer Eye used to go on? They were always alarmed how fast straight guys will shave. What are you doing? And uh, a straight guy will try to shave within under 30 seconds and as broad as mm-hmm. strokes, it's like when your dad used to force you to mow the lawn, you would, eh, I missed some patches. Fuck it. It's presentable. Whatever. I had like 10 patches that I kept missing and would go back, think that I had everything cleaned up, go back, look in the mirror again, still another patch. And those, and one of them was one of those werewolf patches of mine where it's really high on the cheekbone. It's basically just an extension of my eyelash. Uh, Ryan, you're in a fez. Yeah, when I was a little kid, my mom, you know, would take me to get my hair cut or buy some clothes for you or whatever, and then you'd go to school, and then you'd come back, and first thing, hey, did anybody say anything about your haircut or your or your clothes? And I'd be like, no, why? And now I see my wife is doing the same shit with my son, and I keep pulling her aside. I'm like, look, knock it off. Um, I, it, you know, it, it's something that I guess because women notice other people, but I had the same, my mom would go like this, what do the kids say about your 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 new pants? What do the kids say about your new pants? And I'd be like, Ma, they went crazy. Everybody was just <laughs> running at me. Where'd you get the new pants? You must have the greatest mom. In the cafeteria, they were carrying me around. It was like fucking Lindbergh had landed. Oh, Ma, these pants that you got me, they changed my life. You, you've got to be the greatest mom in history. Oh, thank you. Stop it. Don't even start. Now you talk like a crazy person. You talk like the village idiot. Um, all right, Fez, you said you wanted, you're newly shaven. You want to grab the stick today. It's an all-new Fez Watley, all-new way to look at the world. I'll just say this. When you shave, right, uh-huh. your face looks like someone's big toe after they've soaked it in, the, in a hot tub for many, many hours. There's but no don't, chin. Don't, don't let me get... No, it's, no, you've got more chin than you think. It's just that you've got so much thickness to your nose, it, it takes it away. Mm-hmm. Your chin is normal size. You think so? Yeah. But you could have, you could have a football fucking team taking a, a, a football field each side of the nose. Again, that's, that's neither here nor there. It's your day in the sun. These are the things that you want to talk about. Let people shark tank this fucking audience. Shark Tank, these pricks. Well, I didn't get to talk to Mark Cuban about this, but here is an invention that we absolutely need in this world. You didn't get a chance to talk to Mark about it. No, I know. You had 30 minutes. Well, I probably needed some sort of uh, display for this. But we need something on cell phones that can hold someone's hand still if they're taking video of a fight or a disaster or anything like that, because we constantly get videos, people are shooting on their cell phones, that are of some brawl, you know, either in a club or out on the street. These it's, things... because, it's because the phones are small. 
You're getting the shaky cam, right? Total shaky cam. The phones are small, so any movement at all, it becomes gigantic movement. Yeah, it's and it's like, you know, that'll be like, oh, check out this fight. You maybe get to see two punches well, of, of any sort of girl fight going on. Have you ever seen that the device that they have for cameras where a guy will be wearing, like, it looks like a weight belt and a oh, pole yeah. going out? That is only because to steady that shot. But the funny thing is, movies are going in the opposite direction because we are used to a shaky cam. So movies are now putting that in because to now to people it looks more realistic. So it's just the opposite of like, let's try to make the technology look more like the movies or TV. And you will see that kind of camera work in evening news where in the old days they would think that that was unacceptable now people see it as reality. Yeah, it's a mess. You're bar- you're out of a five minute video. You're barely seeing a minute's worth of actual good stuff because it's going from the camera just spinning right, but to here- someone's feet running down the sidewalk. Here's what you don't understand. You're this thing that you have that this sucks, right? Yeah, and it's nauseating. But what you don't understand is that every human being in well, at least America, maybe the world now. You have become a television studio as far as the 1960s or 70s are concerned. A person with a phone can shoot, go back, edit on a laptop, and then send out to the world. This was when television was at its zenith in the 1970s. That whole process would have cost you, you know, thousands of dollars. Every single person can now shoot something for, on their phone, and people can see it on the other side of the planet. Strangers. So this thing that you say is sucks is an absolute miracle in technology that we've already limited to the point of sucks. I mean, even before the big video camera, you had the movie camera, so people would, and this is like in the 60s and 70s, would shoot on a movie camera have no editing capability, no sound, and then send that away and wait for it to come back, developed before they finally got to see it. So people used to see the birthday party, you know, months after the birthday party. Now you can look in your phone, see it immediately, think whether it's usable or not. But not only that, upload it to the Internet, and now people all over the world can watch the birthday party. And if you want to... You can go and see people's birthday parties you've never heard of before. It's fucking crazy how advanced we are, but also just as funny to hear you taking the other thing of these things blow. Because I I was at a movie screening last night, and the director came out and talked, and everybody started videotaping that. This was shit that you never would have been allowed to do even a little while ago. And he was talking about plot points. It's a science fiction film. Uh that he was giving away the end of the movie and why it happened, and people were videotaping it. And I'm like, talk about a fucking spoilers. It was only a couple of years ago. You would have got your hands cut off for videotaping the uh, a person speaking about the end of a movie. And now they just welcome you to do it. It's crazy. I think, yeah, I think uh, back with Phantom Menace, they were when that came out, they were actually taking people's phones off of them as they went into the theater. 
Some Bible scholars are saying that uh, early versions of the Bible featured uh, Azara, who the, they say was God's wife. So God had a wife in the early, early ver- versions of the Bible. I can't believe a Bible scholar like yourself, and you've studied the Bible for your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't believe that you think that there's early versions of the Bible. It stuns me that you would even say that. You know the Bible came from all these books that were brought together, right? Right, yeah. Some were considered holy, the other ones were thrown out. So this is one of many stories, many stories that were thrown out and not considered part of the Bible. It never was in what we call the Holy Bible, right? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so that's not a early version of the Bible. That's one of the stories that got cut. That was like a best of. Um, it is, it's actually more catch as catch can, as you think, though, because that's why there's so many writers, uh, of it. And it actually comes from oral histories of all kinds of mythology. And then they had that conference where they decided, these are the ones that go in, and I'm sorry, yours didn't make it. It was like Shark Tank at its time. Hicks, I, I can't wait to pitch your idea, Jim Tan Laundry. That's right. People are going to eat that shit up. She gave Mark my card. How many times in your life have they tried the bar uh, laundry thing? And I can't believe that you're now the Jim Tam laundry guy. Because, all right, I'm going to fucking pull the curtain back here. Hicks smells like someone who's left his wet laundry in the wash machine for three days instead of moving it to the dryer. That happens sometimes. I forget. And it's, all, it's a constant aroma that he has. Mm-hmm. It's the wet tent smell. I've smelled much better tents than that. <laughs> if I had this business, then I had, could I just have one doing my laundry for me all the time. It's The only smell that I could think of is probably a serial killer's basement. Is sometimes the jean and t-shirt. And yet, look what Hicks is going. The pale pepper Hicks, whose laundry stinks... And is in what I'm only going to describe as Chris Stanley shape is going to be the guy who pitches Jim Tan Laundry. That's right. I would have to be using the product to know it's going to sell. You came back from 80 degree weather, white as could be. Yeah, I, I try to stay out of the sun, Ron. You don't like the sun at all? I burn. Not what? as bad as like an East Side Dave, but I. I no just, one bur- burns yeah. as bad as East Side Dave. I just get sun poisoning. One time I walked to a diner and back. With Dave, that's it. We walked from 57th Street, half a block, diner, came back, no stopping, no nothing, and he almost had to go to the hospital from it. And I'm like, you're allergic to your own planet. Yeah, what a train wreck. Chris Daly, maybe you could wear your wet laundry into the tanning bed and just save some time, dry it that way. I don't know about that. I want to ruin my great clothes. What I was saying with the... um. With God's wife. To get back to where I was before, Ron, before I was so rudely interrupted. Are you talking about the early version of the Bible? Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, so the, Mary would have been God's second wife. So there's really... Well, I don't know whether she was married to God. Well, I guess they had children together. One. Yeah. But it wasn't through a marriage. Uh, she didn't have to get a divorce when she went to Joseph, did she? No, no. Uh, Jesus was born basically out of wedlock. Yeah, it seems like, yeah, 
It, it seems like the classic story, though. God had this first wife while uh, he was building the business, creating the world, working six days a week. And then once that's up and running, then he finds Mary, someone younger, and to have kids with when things slowed down. Well planned. Uh, Chris Brown reportedly uh, smashed a uh, window at uh, Good Morning America. I don't even think it's reportedly. He did it. Yeah, and then tore off his shirt, stormed off after being interviewed by Robin Roberts, who kept asking him about his uh, legal troubles after beating up Rihanna. Did you see the video of it? Uh, no, I haven't seen the video. Uh, I don't think that he looked that upset when it happened. Uh, he was basically pushing it off. And then, you know, this, this thing that you were saying, like somehow he was in this tough interview, I didn't see it go down. No, we don't want to say it. It's really dull. But then the other interesting thing was, when this came out later, Robin Roberts was, you know, surprised about it. And then also said, but he pre-approved the questions. Why the fuck would you have someone on your show and say, do you approve? I can't stand television. I despise it. That's probably the publicist move, right? I would think to just make sure. I don't know. know. I mean, we just had Mark Cuban come in here. He's a billionaire. He doesn't know I'm going to bring up anything. He spends 25 minutes with us, and he's fine. Uh, I bring up landmark theaters. I bring up uh, something else where he's going. Hey, thanks. No one ever asked me about that anymore. What? He obviously he's here to sell Shark Tank, but he's a guy who can think on his feet. He, he wasn't happy with the song that Hicks played, but he can handle it. I don't understand why if you're going to be on Good Morning America for two minutes, a you need pre questions, and b why the hell would you offer your questions out? Here's why I wouldn't tell people what I was going to ask them. I don't want them to have written their answer yesterday. You can fucking see that in a person. They're not going to be genuine. So if you're going to ask them a question they know is coming, they've already got this well-worn story to fucking tell you, and it's going to come off that way. I don't understand why uh, some guys, when they get in, when they get violent like that, the shirt has to come off instantly. Well, you've been a big WWE uh, fan for a long time. Oh, yeah. How many times would you see a guy in a suit pull his fucking shirt off and stand in the middle of the thing? Look at Hogan. Constantly ripping his shirt off. Yeah, you just want to fucking show your shit off out there. Speaking of which, Mark Cuban ripped. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Like a fucking cinder block. And how tall? 6'3", 6'4"? It's a strapping man, Ron. Yeah, he's a big dude. I never had thought that. I, I guess because he's standing next to fucking basketball players all day. Get away from the seven-footers. And yeah, even really? better looking in person, people, just so oh, you know. Oh, God. Why would you That's say that? fucking oh. seriously. I don't even know what that means. We're having a fucking regular conversation. See, this is why I should start pre-approving what people say. It's probably a good idea. But I get the guy's point. How long does he have to answer questions about Rihanna? I, he's going to have to answer those the rest of his career. There's nothing new. If he came, if they said he's come in here and he wants to talk to you, a we probably wouldn't have him on. I know he's been in the building before, and we've never said, oh, he's a guy we want on their show. But b, why would I go back and ask him a question he's answered ninety fucking times? Again, 
How stupid is that? What are you fucking possibly getting out of that, Robin? You've already heard the answer. The law has said we're ready to move on. Why keep bringing it up to the guy? And then he was upset, too. He goes, everyone loves Charlie Sheen. And I can't get away from this bullshit. Well, Charlie Sheen, uh, sorry, he's fun to people. He didn't batter a woman's face. Yes, he did. He hit his wife uh, before. That's what he got in trouble for. He shot women and pulled knives on them. He shot a oh, woman. Right. Sorry. He put a knife up to a woman's face. He punched a woman. He fucking, the, the hooker had to hide in the bathroom while he fucking trashed the joint because she stuck a fucking, his father's watch up her asshole and tried to run out the building with it. I'm sure those kids have been terrorized. Whatever. Whose business is that? Um, uh, some theater chains are... Landmark? I don't think Landmark is talking about this. I, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I didn't hear the specific chains. But uh, they're talking about experimenting with variable pricing for movie tickets so that the price would go up or down based on the demand to see a film. It would work kind of like airline tickets or hotel reservations. Okay. So movies doing very well. That ticket price is going to tick up a little bit. Well, you're not ever probably going to have it because a movie is doing very well, but only a movie that everybody wants to see. Yeah. So it's very rare that people go out second, third, fourth week. I mean, that happens a couple times a year, but normally smaller films. And, or if you just happen to be James Cameron, he's the only guy who kind of does blockbuster films that stay around the same money. Yeah, this wouldn't work for someone like me, the comic book movie fan, where I don't see, uh, I wouldn't see other movies be really much besides that, because I would have the high demand movies, the summer blockbusters. I would never balance it out by getting, you know, a discount on some sort of rom com starring Amy Adams. Well, I think you're missing the point here. We already do this with matinee films. No, they don't do it in the city, but around the country. And then you also have what used to be called the dollar movie. That was great. Now the dollar movies sometimes go for three fifty, but I it's very rare. I don't think that the tickets prices will go up on it. But last night I'm walking through um, Times Square and I'm going past whatever the Beatlemania thing is called now. A woman out front is saying, "See this tonight for ten dollars, ten bucks." Now if I wasn't on my way to a screening. I might have said, I'll go listen to fucking Beatles songs for $10. But I don't, I don't know whether it would suddenly go, all right, we've got the new Batman. We want $60 for this. I would be surprised if that happened because there's so many theaters and there's so many chances to see this. But if you've got a movie out that's not doing as well uh, or is just about to fall off, why wouldn't you say we'll cut the, th the the prices? Now, the problem is a large portion of that money goes to the movie studio, so they'd have to agree. Yeah, it's, um, the, uh, yeah, it's, I, sorry. Um, I would think, yeah, I would think that, I'm sorry. I think you got a great point. Hicks, do you agree or disagree with him? I agreed with the first part, not so much with the second. second part was kind of weird. I agree. 
All right. Overall, you've got agreement. It's Shark Tank. So, uh, Saturday Night Live has uh, uh, lined up Elton John and Helen Mirren for uh, hosting duties on back-to-back episodes. That's going to be coming up uh, next month. So they're going very British at the end of the season. They're bringing Russell Brand back, though? I don't know. Russell Brand may show. He just did it a few a couple weeks ago. Because no, I know he's got the Arthur movie coming out again. Which is so crazy because it feels like they were just shooting that. They banged that thing out quick. He may show up during the Helen Mirren episode. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. So but, That's what she's there for. So we're going back-to-back Brits with Saturday Night Live. I think we're going to see an overlap of some of the sketches. Where it's, um, you know, they'll probably both do royal wedding sketches. With that coming up in April. Uh, both hosts are going to play the queen, I'm sure. There'll be some bad teeth, bad food scenes in each one. I think we're basically going to get the same Saturday Night Live back-to-back. All because they're br- uh, British people. Now, if there were two black people, would you be saying the same kind of thing? Or is there, if there was two gay guys, could we do the same thing? We lump them. I don't know. You know, we're kind of at the point right now where British people are just now considered kind of slightly smarter Americans. But we run back and forth uh, quite a bit. Kevin, you're on Ron Fez. Hey, Ron, I was wondering, would you pay extra for a movie ticket? If you knew this theater would only ever be half full. Well, oddly, you know, I brought this up just last night because I'm at a screening at a theater at Lincoln Center uh, because I've got the director coming up on the show soon. And every seat in the place was full. And I really try to st- I, I try to see movies at five o'clock if I can. I pretty much stay away from any certainly any Friday and Saturday nights. Or Sunday afternoons. And I don't need it for a comedy. A lot of people are going, oh, for a comedy, I need, you know, a bunch of people laughing. Or for a horror film, I need a bunch of people yelling out. All I heard was annoying people all around. I had fucking Darth Vader sitting behind me and to my right. Oh, no. And I couldn't even say, like, would you stop breathing like that? Because he was the adult child of two elderly parents. Oh, God. And was just... I mean, finally, I just went to turn around and said, would you come already? You're fucking deep breathing so much. Why are they even allowed in uh, I don't like a lot of people in the theater with me. How about you, Hicks? I hate it. I watch. That's why I prefer the bootlegs. I sit at home. No, I can't. I don't, I don't want to boot either. Two feet away from a computer screen? <laughs> no, I don't want to boot either. I want a nice screening room. Yeah, those are the best. I've only been to one of those once. It was pretty cool. Where'd you say it at? Uh, it was over by 57th Street. I think it was one you've been to before. What film did you go say? The Simon Pegg movie where he's like a journalist from Britain and he's... Oh, God, I remember that movie. Yeah. That was a rough one. It's pretty bad. Um, Yeah, there's screening rooms all over town here. All over town. They're like random buildings, right? It's like you wouldn't... It looks like a fucking office building. Well, I mean, like you walk by here and you have no idea, hey, there's all these radio stations and, you know, a ton of celebrities running around. That's how New York is. is. The movie is the only thing where I would feel comfortable... Going to by myself. I would never. I would never want. What about g- the toilet? Well, there's that. Okay. So toilet, the movie theater. But I would never want to go to a uh, a game by myself. That would feel absolutely weird. Sitting what about a-, a bar? 
A bar I've gone to by myself. I can do that. What about the bar at a uh, at a ball game? Um, that that works because it's watching the game with other people. Same as when you go to a to the game though. Uh, if you lived near a ballpark, if you lived in you know Wrigleyville, you'd be at fucking games by yourself. You'd be you'd be do most things by yourself once you got used to them. Because when you go to a ball game, you end up talking to the people around you anyway. Uh, a lot of people go out there and sit in the bleachers. It's the same folks, and they get to know everybody. Just hang out. I wouldn't do it to a concert by myself. Why not? What if it was your job? Well, then I guess I would have to. Well, you work in radio. At no point, did you never had to go to a concert? Um, yeah, but there would be other people from the radio station there. A new Harris survey uh, says one out of... Mark Harris? No. No, this is the Harris poll people. Oh. Uh, one out of every five male Facebook users will accept a friend request that comes from a woman, even if they don't know her. For women, it's one out of 13 uh, that will accept a stranger. And most users uh, leave their profiles left where any friend can see their information. So it's with all the uh, identity theft out there, I don't understand fr uh, friending a stranger. It still amazes me. I know. We've talked about this on the show quite a bit, and I think it's a generational thing. Uh, obviously, uh, we accept people to uh, other accounts of ours. I mean, your thing is this. Who gives up more personal information than you when you're on the radio? Uh, nobody. That feels normal to you, right? Uh-huh. Why would it be different if you had a website? Well, it's... I'm not giving out my birth year and stuff where it's like... Where people can go ahead and try to, you know, piece together information on me. And steal from my bank account and credit cards. No one's ever done that with you before. Oh, yes, it has happened. Mm. A lot. Happened three different times to me. Did you ever find him? It was the guy from Catch Me If You Can. That's who did it. Wow. He told Fez he was a pilot, but he had really just taken the logo off a uh, toy airplane. Good work, Frank. Where are you going tonight, son? Huh? Hawaii? Um, Craig, you're on the run of Fez show. What's going on, buddy? Yeah. You're sounding great today. Uh, Ron, you need to take that piece of paper. He's got all his pre-written bits down on. Make him wing it. Make him get back into the show and just kind of go with what's on his mind instead of kind of like what you were talking about where you write down your questions and answers. He's got his topics and punchlines written down. Make him just wing it today. He's doing really well. In a winging it type move yet, Fez? No, I'm not winging it very well today. Did that guy get on your nerves? No, I get on my nerves constantly. You ought to wing it. By the way, this is my idea that I'm going to go on Shark Tank with. A restaurant that just sells chicken wings. I think we have those. No, I didn't finish. And, uh, and heroin. And you just sit there really fucked up on heroin and eating chicken wings. Yeah, we don't have those, that's for sure. Sounds like a shooting You know, right? now that I have the chance to Shark Tank this out a little bit... Fuck the chicken wings. I just want a heroin place. 
don't think that's legal. Um, Tom, Little Rock, you're on running Fez. Hey, Fez, do you ever give your credit card to a waiter? He takes it in the back room? Yes. I mean, he can just yes, stop you. Your information is out there. Right, but it's it's still it's someone that I at least know in a restaurant setting. All he has to do is make a copy of that. Wait two months, three months, then start ordering shit. The scumbags I know who are waiters. Yes. I mean, bottom of the barrel. They are. They're the lowest of the low. Should They're modern day food. gypsies. Seriously. I wish they would just say this when they were waiting. Can I spit in your food for you? I don't let anybody fight with a fucking waiter at my table. Or else I'll go, let's just all walk out. All right, if we're in this fucking position now, forget it. I'm out. The losing fucking battle, man. Like a jizz cocktail. I just say, if you feel the need to Jew girl straighten him out, then it's time for me to find another place to eat. Time to skedaddle. Because I don't trust that I'm not going to end up with fucking nut hair. There was a guy who moved into an apartment building who sent out a note that he slipped under other tenants' doors. Yeah. Just asking to be friends now that he met in the building. Uh, now that he moved into the building. Um, I don't see where this uh, is such a good idea. Now, not only are you not going to make friends, that more than likely a chance there. Now you're also the building weirdo. You've not only taken it from not having any friends, you've taken it across the entire spectrum all the way to person that gets avoided. Uh, Fez, this might sound crazy to you, but I'm going to agree. I think he's the building weirdo, and I think that's why 300 million of us don't slip uh, notes under the doors saying, let's be friends. Maybe what he should have done is just slip some cash underneath the door with the note. That'd be just as weird, if not weirder, since now the guy's totally insane, since he's giving you money. Along with this guy. Some creepy douche. There are some weirdos out there. I will say this, by the way, on 2nd Avenue last night, I heard an explosion. Oh, my God. I believe it was coming from the new subway. No, nothing about it in the news whatsoever. But it was an explosion like trouble in the mines. Uh, Then, of course, the transvestite who runs uh, back and forth. Was a guest on our show in Florida, Fez, also has been a longtime guest of the Howard Stern Show, but dresses up in nylons and a short skirt, runs marathons, sweating. Uh, Saw him get in a fight with a woman and uh, yelled at her, and she was a heavyset woman, fuck you, diabetic, and I thought it was the fucking best line. I go, seriously... Crazy fucking insult to hear out there. Um, here's Bill in Florida. You're on Fez. Hey, Fezzy, when you wrote that note to put on the, ta- uh, the doors, did you use the cutout letters from the magazine? Because that would kind of make you seem creepy. That person's a weirdo. It's not our Fez. That's a strange person. A person who's so odd, they ended up in the news. He also says I am a weirdo in the letter. Oh, he does? I am a weirdo, and I love it. 
Unless that weirdness causes real problems, in which case I do not love it. I do not want to be corrected by myself. This even makes me more back Fez up on his opinion. That person is a weirdo. And is going out of his way, not making friends, but distancing people. He might Uh, have to go before the co-op board. I thought that was the coop board. I said pigeons. I have none. Uh, why don't we take a break here? And, uh, by the way, I want to point this out. A lot of people are asking me, did the owner of Cuba, was he in here? No. His name was Cuban, but he doesn't own Cuba. His name, Mark Shark Tank Cuban. I like the fact that, uh, he thought that we were brothers in arms. That was pretty cool. Just because Mel spin us both like a top. Uh, breaking, back, after jump, Ron and Fez Show. The Ron and Fez Show. On the virus. was a youth. Papa told me not to play with guns. Now I'm old and I see the truth. Everybody seems to got one. So if you see me on the street and you want to get wise with me, get up and give it a try. I'll pull out my 45. Oh, I the big gun. With my 45. Oh God, I feel so alive. When I'm strapped with a strap with a big gun And now I'm old enough to become a man And learn I got to understand Got to conceal your fire Still if you see me on the streets And you want to get wise with me Get up and give it a try I'll pull out my 45 
Sean and Fez show on the virus. I bought a donut and they gave me a receipt for the donut. I don't need a receipt for the donut, man. I'll just give you the money, then you give me the donut and the transaction. We don't need to bring ink and paper into this. I just can't imagine a scenario where I would have to prove that I bought a donut. Some skeptical friends don't even act like I didn't get that donut. I got the documentation right here. It's the Ron Fez Show. Started that off with a little live music. Pepper Hicks engineered that for us. That's right. Giant Pat and the Gorilla Dub Squad. They stopped in here a few weeks ago, months ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Mr. Pot has changed uh, time for me. It's like I'm in a time <laughs> war. Again? Um, that, uh, I hope to be a part of a... New album I'm putting out is just people that have sang into Ronnie B's face, where I just take the live music that's set up here two feet away from me. So one of my favorite things is that people come in and play live. It's awesome. Whenever anyone comes in, it's really, uh, really great. You're so lucky, ladies and gentlemen, that I can't play guitar because I'd be one of those asshole guys that tries to take over every party with his guitar and... Only using it to pick up chicks. Why not? Come on. You got the tool, use it. And I would be working right now on a song about Elizabeth Taylor. As we speak, that some girl would go, oh. oh I loved her. Wow, it's so sweet. Your, you, your fake sentiment really is turning me on. Want to go upstairs? Fez Watley crashing the boards today, making things happen. Crushing. He is crushing. And you said today's your day to grab the stick. Uh, my father was a gigantic Elizabeth Taylor fan. And I wonder now if she's passed away somehow because my father just died. I like to think of it this way, Fez. I think God needed someone named Elizabeth Taylor. And that's the only way that it can make it easy for me. You, uh, you still think everything's uh, connected now since your dad died. Oh, absolutely. Now, yeah. b before your dad died, it was complete chaos. It was a dark, cruel world with no hope. After your dad died, you see it as we're all kind of like slat cars moving around where God pushes us. Yeah, it all feels very connected now. Whereas before, I was saying things like absentee God and uh, that maybe he created the world, but he's not watching it at all. Now it all feels so connected. Well, you believe now, Fez, because you forced to, because you want to think that your father exists somewhere in the universe. Yeah. I so it does you no good to say, oh, uh, there is no afterlife, because now you want him to go on, and you want him to be himself. You don't want him to be part of the universe, right? Oh, right, yeah. I'm still seeing him as his total personality. Total as... package, Lex Luthor. Yeah, where it's um it's Lex Luger. Luther is the soul singer. Well, Lex Luther was Superman's arch enemy. Well, I was think I always think of uh Luther Vandross. I know I had mentioned uh, that the morning after my father died, the story about finding money, finding Nemo. You said 
Uh, you said that your father's last words to you is keep swimming, keep swimming. And I think that's beautiful. That might have been Luther Vandross's last words. Or uh, Finding Nemo's last words. But I had, I had, I had told the story about finding money. Um, keep swimming. Like Luther Vandross always said, keep swimming. He wasn't a fish. I got that mixed up. But a singer's not a fish, and a fish is not cologne. You've got a story to tell us, Fez, and I keep interrupting you, and I'm going to pick a luck. No, it just and I found more money on the streets since he's died than I ever have in my entire life. I keep finding change everywhere. Well, and not the Obama kind of change. Do you think it's because you're now looking for it? Uh, do you think that change was there before, but you weren't walking along looking in the gutters and the sidewalk for change? I think now it's just standing out to me where right where not. Right. But I'm saying it's always been there. You know, but now you're looking for it. You wouldn't have reached over and picked a penny up off the street before, would you? No. Or a quarter? No, no but now it just seems to be just uh, every day I'm finding a penny or a dime or something. I wish you would have kept it going with the $5 bills. So you, every you, you're saying you're not just now picking it up and finding it. Your dad's leaving money for you. Yeah, I think he's just leaving little reminders for me. I think he wants you to do something that you're not doing. What's that? I don't know. Oh. I mean, I don't, I don't believe in any of it. But I thought I could weird you out by saying that, you know, you are bringing up change. Maybe he wants you to change. Well, I'm sure he does. And You know what else I noticed that your dad's been leaving around grass um, and flowers and gum in the sidewalk? I think that's the message. What does he mean by that? What does he mean by gum in the sidewalk? Stick to it. You got it. You know, Fezzi, if you ever go back to see your psychiatrist and you just open fire on him, no jury could convict you. He brought up something the other day that I felt was weird. That well, no, my uh, my therapist. Oh, okay. Where we were talking about my father dying, and he was saying something about he goes, if it would help you in the morning, just say a little prayer to your dad if you're getting spiritual again. Say a little prayer for me. And I'm like, if all right, if I'm back to believing in God, I'm worried about saying a prayer to my dad because then it seems like I'm cutting God out of it. Mm-hmm. And nothing but uh, that's going to lead to nothing but trouble. Troubles. So I was just ha- I was just having a, l- a little uh, problem with that. Well, you do it the way you want to, Fez. Uh, Earl, you're running Fez. Yeah, hey, Seth, I was wondering if you finding or noticing the change is kind of like when you buy a new car, all of a sudden you start noticing everybody's got that same car. No, it's not like that. It's like his dad has been leaving coins behind. 
That's Maybe all. All of them are pockets. Here's the interesting thing to me. You bring up a house is not a home, right? Right. Why did you bring that up? Well, I didn't bring it up. Uh, Luther Vandross's name came up. So then we played that song. Mm-hmm. Then you said, I, I say a little prayer. Right. Both written by who? Uh, Burt Bacharach? You're exactly right. What is your dad trying to tell you about Burt Bacharach? Maybe that his life is in danger. Interesting. That he might be passing away. Well, he is 90 or something crazy like that, right? Yeah. Well, he's 82. So are you going to try to get a hold of him, or what are you going to do? Well, I don't want to scare him and say, listen, some songs have come up by coincidence, and uh, you should be worried because my father just died. Well, how are you going to handle this now that you have this information? Um, I suppose I could try to find a Burt Bacharach email, Burt at Bacharach.com or something. And what would you say to him? Since my father died, songs you've written have been coming into my life without, uh, uh, just unexpectedly. Right. Why don't you slip notes under his doors as well as the rest of your neighbors? Well, I don't think I could slip one under Bert's door. What is it you want? Where's this all going? I'm confused, too. I think I'm just uh, still trying to hang on to my father. I think that's... You know what's really weird is, and any long-time listener to the show will know that it was very rare for Fez ever to bring up his dad. Very rare all these years. Never heard him very much. It's always the mom. It's always the mom. It was 100% the mom. Mother. Mother. Never father. Fezra? No. Fezron is not ready to come back. Uh, Joe, you're running Fez. Yeah, I just wanted to say about Fez finding all this change. Last week or two weeks ago, Anthony said on the Open Anthony show he no longer keeps any change more, less than a quarter. So maybe it's Fez following Anthony around, picking up Anthony's change that he's tossing out. I, I'm kind of with Ann on that. I leave it all behind. I don't ha- ever have quarters in my fucking pocket. I don't know what to do with them. I always rock quarters. That's a little bit of Fez's dad in your pants. <laughs> Only if he had dropped them and I found them. Maybe you could start finding money in the bank. Because your dad worked in a bank, right? Uh-huh. And he was born on the West Bank. And then he was in a band called Left Bank when he did Don't Walk Away Renee. And Renee Phil... Uh, uh, Renee... Uh, what's, that guy, what's that girl's name? Renee Zellweger? Interesting. That came out of nowhere. She just broke up with the guy from Hangover. Bradley Cooper. And now they're doing... Right. Now, not only that, but didn't your dad drive a Mini Cooper? And didn't wasn't your favorite actress Winnie Cooper? And doesn't a horse Winnie? And we always played that song, uh, I Got a Horse Outside. And you have to go outside when you leave your apartment. Uh-huh. And that other guy fucking puts things under people's apartment. I don't know what your dad is trying to tell us. But I'm getting 
really fucking weirded out from it, Fez. Really fucking strange from it. Jesus Christ. It's like a, a lot of odd things happening. Uh, Jason, Detroit, Panic in Detroit. You're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, Ronnie Fez. Hey, Fez, you ever get uh, emotional when you put a dollar in a coin machine to get your four quarters back? Do you ever walk into a 7-Eleven, see that thing for Jerry's kids and all that change up and just yell at daddy and grab it and run out the door with it? No, this is just the change I'm finding on the ground. Um, which seems to be happening more and more often. Yeah, you were telling us that. So, and, um... Uh, hey, Matt, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, Fezzy, God bless you. Hey, I wanted to ask you a question, dude. My dad, um, was a... My dad died a couple of years ago. He played football for the University of Michigan. Blah, blah, blah. He's a very dynamic dude. We miss him a lot. But he was cremated... And uh, I have a necklace, everybody in my family has a necklace, with, um, it's a little vial inside of a cross that has his ashes in it. So he's always with me uh, wherever I go. So I was wondering if, uh, if you ever thought about doing something like that. We didn't save any of my father's ashes. They all went into the ground at the church. Did you ever watch that movie, Pennies in Heaven? No, I've never seen that. Hmm. I think your dad is sending you a message um, in the fountain outside the Plaza Hotel. I think you ought to dive in there. All right, Fez, think, 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 think. Uh, Dan, you're on running Fez. Hey, I was wondering where is. Fez is that getting this money from? Is he counterfeiting it in heaven? Maybe he's making, you know, he's doing odd jobs there. Now that Fez, is, Fez and his therapist have turned his dad into a god. Like cleaning out gutters and like mowing lawns and stuff? Like it says in the uh, Bible, Fez, your father's house has three bedrooms. So not a lot of people are going to be getting in. See, the sad thing is, if he is uh, uh, providing this change for me to find, he's really stealing it from other people. Knocking it out of their hands or dropping it out of their pockets. Fez Watley grabbing the stick today, moving the show around, getting back into his groove, doing his groove thing. Um... And do a, a hell of a job. Now, Hicks, I did see Fez in a movie theater last night. But the movie was not going on. But somehow he got into the Lincoln Center to give me a screener that I needed for another guest. He got in there? Yes. All right. And I was laughing. And this is why the director was doing a Q&A. And there's Fez <laughs> with one of his patented bags. Yeah, no one stopped me. They just let me right in. But I have not seen a movie. But you have seen change. Yeah. your eyes. I've been in a movie theater, but I have not seen a movie. Have you ever heard the song that change is going to come? I see, I, yeah. yeah. Who wrote that one? I have no idea. Hmm. 
Uh, Dave, you're on running first. God, I said, you sure you're not throwing the money down yourself and then picking it up? I, Dave, what is the point here? Are we saying that Fez is making this up? Or are you acting like he's crazy? Does he have a Tyler Durden thing going on? It's possible. Hicks, Fez Watley clean-shaven or bearded? What do you like better? I like the beard better. It's more of a bear look. Yeah, I know. But I just thought it was coming in so white uh, that it was a little bit strange for him. I just want him to break it up a little bit. I was looking for change, like his dad. John, you're on running Fez. How you doing, guys? Um, yeah, same thing as Fez. Like, uh, I, I used to play pool over at the volunteer fire department where, like, in, where I used to be at. And there was this old guy that when we could smoke inside, I would light up a cigarette. And he would always give me a... He would throw a nickel on the, on the pool table and he would say, if you quit smoking, I'll give you this shiny new nickel. Ever since he passed away, he was an old-timer, Ever since, every time I see a nickel, all I do is think of him. But it's psychological. It's not like it's like everything you're looking at, Fezzy, is that it's you've always seen it. You just think of it differently now. That's basically it. There's no doubt that, you know, Fez has done some sleepwalking for a while, and maybe this is like a wake-up call for him. John, you're on running Fez. Hey, Fezzy. Yeah. Was, uh, your dad in the military of any kind? No. No, he wasn't. Well, I, I mean, the reason I say that, my dad was in Korea, okay, and I wear his dog tags every day. So, you know, just find something that you can that you got that was his. Do you have anything like that, Fuzz? Uh, my mother gave me one of my dad's rings, mm -hmm. but he had such tiny hands it doesn't fit my big fat uh, jumbo shrimp fingers. Well, you can just have it put around your cock. So you carry a ring in your pocket? Uh-huh. Turn into a nipple ring. Well, the band's a little thick for that. That may really hurt, Hicks. Hardcore. What is this little pimp ring? Oh, my God. Did you ever notice the engraving inside? No, I never saw that. Yeah, it says I'm ashamed of my son. But he doesn't say which son. The mystery um, of the ring. Why don't you put it on a chain? Yeah, I thought about that. I just didn't have a chain to wear. Hold on. Put it up to your ear. Dude, you start rocking that as a fucking earring. I can see on the monitor here. It looks good. I think other side. You want it in the ass. Yeah. That's perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, ease your running fuzz. Once, twice. Oh. Yeah. We lost him. Fez Watley rocking the stick today. Getting back into the swing of things, Fed? Um, uh, Moving the ball to, around? Yeah, hoping to. I'm just having trouble concentrating and uh, ran out of stuff earlier, and now I'm just having trouble. You do what I do and just sit and talk. Yeah. Um, here's, uh, Marley, you're on Run Fez. Hey. Hey, uh, Boss Ron. I got a little suggestion for Fezzy. Yeah. I got, uh, when my father passed, I bought a little, this little pouch. It was an, an Indian made it, and it's like a necklace. And it's got a little pouch on it, and I put his ashes in it. And I got a little bit of his ashes, a little bit of him everywhere I go. And I think he kind of, he's with me all the time. He's watching out <laughs> for me, and uh, maybe Fezzy needs to do the same. 
You got a pouch of uh, Indian ashes to wear, Fez? I don't have a pouch, and I don't have any of my father's ashes. <laughs> Why don't you carry your father's pouch around with you? Yeah, he didn't have a pouch. So it, um, and I don't know how I would have felt about carrying some of his ashes around with me. No. I kind of like the idea that all his ashes are together in one place where he hasn't kind of been divvied up. So I, I think that makes me a little, uh, would make me feel a little bit better than actually carrying some of his ashes around with me. And then I'm, I, I would constantly be worried about, like, uh, like losing those ashes in some sort of asinine way, where I drop the thing, it breaks, and my father blows away on Sixth Avenue. I think that'd be kind of nice. I'd like to go back to the wind. Uh, Rob, you're on Run Fez. Hey, how you doing, Ronnie? Uh, one thing, uh, Sam Cook, I did change is going to come, and uh, that's right. I think that's true. And it is right. Fez, you, you could stretch your ring at a jeweler. You could stretch it out. Have it stretched into a championship belt. There you go. That'd be a very thin. Have you had it appraised? No. Mm-mm. Let's take it over uh, and have it appraised. Maybe it's worth a little something. They're sending the cash for gold. Maybe we can get uh, $250 out of that ring. Turn that into some more money. What do you think it goes for, Fezzy? Oh, I have no idea. I would say maybe uh, uh, $300. Damn. What if I offered you $10,000 for that ring? No, wouldn't sell it. $100,000. Sold. No. $6 billion. No, I wouldn't sell my father's ring. What if you sold that for $6 billion and then were able to help the poor of the world and call it the uh, Dick, well, I don't want to use his last name, just call it the Dick Fund and say, <laughs> you got that. And speaking of Dick Fun, hey, any of you girls, I got a brand new page out there. If you're ever interested, check me out on Facebook. Dick Fun. Dick Fun. Where can we donate? Yeah, I would like, to, uh, yeah, I would still hold on to my father's ring. Yes. Just... A, despite the poor people. Uh, Andrew, you're running Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. Hey, do you think Fez's dad is pushing around the coins like uh, Patrick Swayze and Ghost? Because that has to be exhausting doing that all day, man. That was like a real bitch to push it like an inch. You ever watch Ghost, Fez? Yeah, I've seen Ghost. You think there's a chance that your dad's riding the subways around New York? I don't think so. It wasn't something that he did a lot where he would be kind of stuck doing that now in ghost form. But he did die in New York. Yeah. And he doesn't know his way around. I hope he doesn't meet that creepy guy that was on the subway. I like that guy. Guy was also a chef. And wasn't he the, the science teacher in uh, Fast Times? Yeah, he was. And now he's actually dead. Well, anything you want to talk about, Fez? Anything in the world? What's on Fezzy's mind? What's happening in there? You got the stick. You're driving the plane. Ride it. Yeah. We're, we're, losing it. we're losing altitude. I know. I'm putting it into the we're, ground. We're losing altitude. Oh, no. I can't think Fez! of anything. Oh! I've killed no! everybody. 
Isn't that one thing you think about talking about? No, my mind's a complete blank today. I'm such an asshole. Why are you going to run yourself down? Because I am. I'm just a fucking idiot. You're not an idiot. You're just taking the stick. Just a moron that can't think of one thing to say. You think of a lot of things to say. Nothing's coming to me. Right, I better put on the seatbelt light instead. Not like this. Uh, Matt, you're on Run Fez. Hey, I like the way that uh, Carlin handled it. He took his ashes and he gave uh, his family specific instructions to divvy them up and uh, do what they want, but they all had a very specific amount of time to, you know, disperse them wherever they felt was important. I hadn't even heard that story. Um, I didn't know that. I saw the thing, of course, for Hunter Thompson, where his were shot out of a cannon, which I understand caused big money to Johnny Depp. Yeah, he fucking, he paid for everything, though. Yeah, I know. But that's weird. You live, uh, you leave behind instructions, but then you got no money for it. <laughs> I want to be fucking shot out of a cannon. I like five more. Where am I supposed to get the fucking cannon from, then, pops? I definitely wouldn't want to sit on a mantle. Also open bar. On someone's shelf. See, it it goes back to that thing that, like Carlin said, like, you got to figure out. It really is up to the people behind. The whole thing of what you want done doesn't fucking mean shit. Remember when that woman tried to leave all of her money to the dogs? Yeah. Uh, and then they, you know, took it to the courts, and the courts went, that's stupid. Fuck that. Dog again, shit. I'm not fucking sitting around working for dogs. What are we, retarded people? Fez Watley's got the stick today. Fez, I think we're brushing treetops. Pull yeah. up. Pull up, Fezzy. Pull back. That's too far. I'm looking straight at Sky now. Trying to get some uh, air Start, underneath me, I guess. Starting to roll. Starting to roll. All right, why don't we break here? Uh, we'll be back in just a few moments. Hicks, anything okay. going on in your mind? Oh, uh, yeah, we brought up the... Uh... Fez has the stick today. Sorry. That'll be up to Fez. All right, I'll shut the fuck up then. You know, the interesting thing is this whole time he could ask me any question in the world that he had. Not one did he ever think, hey, let me move... Um, but we are going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. A lot more uh, to come out of this program. It's Ron and Fez after the jump. <laughs> On the virus. It's time to listen to a selection from the cornerstone of Twitter, Ronnie B. Quotes. My fucking boyhood hero turned out to be a fucking extreme lefty, Steve Carlton. And we've given up. And we have a black president. And now finally, after 5,000 years, white people can take the responsibility off their shoulders and just get good and fucked up. 75% of women would fucking blow a stranger they just met in Atlantic City. Now, they say that any one of these pit bulls is as smart as a 15-year-old. 
or a three-year-old girl. Either way, they have that kind of intelligence. And that's basically the way the fucking Irish are. Quite frankly, they were too stupid to get on a boat and fucking leave when they ran out of potatoes. This is a nation that was brought to its knees when they lost out on a side dish. I mean, like, if I had a calendar company, right? I would probably make my calendars four or five years in advance. Why just have warehouses? Warehouses of, hey, have you guys finished the 3218s yet? Well, let's get on them! Ronnie B. Quotes. Ron says it, you tweet it. Go to Ronnie B. Quotes on Twitter now to read more and to contribute. The Virus. The Ron and Fez Show. You're a little bitch. I am not. I don't even know why I hang out with you guys. Because you're a piece of shit. I am not a piece of shit. Yeah, but you're a little bitch. Sure are. God damn it, man. I swear you guys whip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. It's the Ron and Fed show. Um... Let me uh, tell you something, Hicks. Yes, Ron. You uh, you did a fine job with the Ronnie B. Quotes. And by the way, I'd like to thank Banksy, who runs Ronnie B. Quotes, and everybody over there. He's a mystery man. Uh, but that last one, you definitely you had to, it had to be set up a little better. And it wasn't the get-off type of joke. You want to end big. Yeah. But overall, I do appreciate you guys doing Ronnie B. Quotes. I still can't get over whether I want to reread or just pop them out there. Actually, that's not up to me. Fez Watley has the stick today. Fez Watley grabbing the stick. You feel like you want to ride, fly it in the rest of the show, Fez? Uh, let me uh, let me keep trying. Um, I was thinking about kidnapping. Who do you want to get? I think we ought to get Cousin Brucey, if anybody. Big cash. Yeah, he's going to be worth a lot of money. They named the street after him. Fucking guy's picked up by a limousine every day. Yeah. If not him, then Angel Fuck. Just because she's small, it'd be easy to hide her. See, that's the thing. I would never want to be involved in a kidnapping. It's the worst crime ever. Because you're, it's basically like bringing home a really high-maintenance pet that you have to take care of. Especially if that's your whole gimmick. I like your idea. You don't even see them as being humans. Uh, Kidnapping does very well in Italy. A lot, a lot of money uh, in Italy for some reason. And, of course, down in South America. Not a smart thing to pull off the United States in America because, you know, we have uh, the feds. The feds are involved. You're not dealing with any locals. When this uh, crime first got named, people must have been stealing babies left and right. For it to actually be called kidnapping. Lindbergh, baby. <coughs> Most famous case. Uh-huh. Still unsolved. Yeah, but you would think that there, that it would just... Well, I guess they couldn't call it napping, because napping is already something else. True. But if you're... Um, if you had a kidnap victim... You've got, uh, for the whole thing to work out for ransom, they've got to get back alive. So you've got to... Not necessarily. No? No, you don't exactly turn it over together. There's plenty of ki- uh, times where they uh, kill the kidnapping victim. That's why the feds have never trusted the, you know, hey, we're going to return him alive. They never believe that. 
they basically treat it like it's almost a murder case right from day one. And uh, I will agree with you. I don't think smart people kidnap. I think you're looking at stupid and yet very dangerous people. Desperate and yeah. fucking nuts. Yeah, you can't even go really on the lamb if uh, people were if the if the cops were closing in on you. You have to have one giant suitcase just for the the kidnap victim. Well, remember Frank Sinatra's kid. Frank Jr. was kidnapped. Uh, that, he got away though, right? Um, there, yes, he's still around today. Uh, but there was a case where he was laying on the back seat even during a police thing, and he didn't put his head up. He stayed quiet because he was afraid he'd get killed. Yeah. And here in New York, there was just a, a, a so a kidnapper just got out of prison for doing like twenty years, where they kept like some guy in New York in a fifteen foot hole in the side of the highway for like yeah. a week. Fez is right; it's not a good crime. But you just go uh, how you would feel uh, comfortable about it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's all I can go by is how I how I would react. All right, let me give you this. Um, what would you rather do then? And no way around it. You got to pick one of these. All right. No way around it. Would you do a B and E breaking and entering or an armed robbery? I would rather do the the breaking and entering. Then you've never broken into a place at night because it's always a weird feeling. It's always a strange feeling. You never feel safe doing it. Where with an armed robbery, you have a certain amount of feeling of control. You're holding the gun. With a B and E, I feel like there's a feeling of doom over your head. There is, and, and, and like it's, it's even before you're into the fucking place, you're working a crowbar in a door, or whatever the fuck. And then with the yeah, with the armed robbery, you're, you're in control. You fucking you feel you, at least in control. But a breaking and entering, you could be in there with your fucking buddy. Every sound he makes sounds like we're fucked. And an armed robbery will go a lot faster. You pull a gun, get the cash register or the bank or whatever, and beat the fuck out. See, the armed robbery feels like uh, too much wrong could happen. I end up shooting someone that I don't want to. I'm, and... telling, I'm telling you, just for fun, just go into someone's house that you don't belong in. And just see how long you can stay in there and, and how comfortable you fucking feel. It's crazy fucking scary feeling. Let's do it after the show today, Fez, me and you. It's a crazy fucking frightening feeling. But at least when you're doing an armed robbery, you can do that. Everybody shut up. Seriously, I'll bust your fuck. I'll bust the cap. You know, obviously you're not in control, but you feel like you're in control. Um, yeah, you got to worry. By the way, you got to worry about the other guy having a, a weapon of his own. Nobody there you, there you go. From uh, behind the counter, wherever no, you're holding up. But you also feel the same way when you're in someone's fucking house. And you're fucking just crawling around in there. You don't know who's going to come out blasting. A sound alarm or some shit. Uh, if you're worried about the other guy fucking coming out, you're already pointing a gun at him. You're in control. You're the fucking guy right then. Uh, all right, here we go. We'll get, we're doing this. And again, no choice. No choice at all, Fez. Uh, you fight a bear or a lion? I'd fight the bear. Uh, Hicks, bear or lion? Bear. Why are you guys fighting bear? Uh, the the bear seems to be a little bit more clumsy. Maybe you can get away from the bear. The lion, too agile, too uh, 
absolutely so fast. I think you're thinking of a circus bear. You are not thinking of a fucking grizzly. This, this bear isn't chasing me on a unicycle? This bear can fucking outrun you. People don't get that what? about a fucking bear. A bear can outrun a human. That's bullshit. How is that possible? They're a gigantic. bear is fucking faster than a human. There's no fucking doubt. It's happened time and time again. A bear is running on all fours. Oh, fuck. A bear is like getting fucking chased by an angry horse. With claws. By the way, put down angry horse. It might be our new band name. Angry I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm going to pick a bear with you guys, but for a different reason. If I'm getting killed, I want to be killed by an American. A North American. I don't want some fucking African lion going back to the hood and fucking slapping paws with everybody. Guess what I did. I'd rather fucking give food to one of our own. But you ain't beating either one of them. And your thing of getting away is bullshit with either one. All right, very quickly. No choice. No choice. You OD on heroin or crystal meth? What do you OD on, Fez? Heroin. Uh, Chris Stanley. Give me meth. Why meth for you? I want to go fucking on top of the world. Heroin, I don't want to go in my sleep. Fuck that. I feel like with the heroin, you're just going to OD and you're going to get the nods and not wake up. But with crystal meth, you're going to feel your heart exploding. Fez? That's the exact reason why I want to do the heroin. I would rather go to sleep, get a nice, warm, comfortable feeling, and doze off into oblivion mm. than uh, feel like my teeth want to get pulled out. Uh, I'm also going to pick heroin to OD on because I want the same feeling that I'm going to have later in heaven. I want to feel that on earth before I cross over with Fez's dad who's running a change purse out of heaven. Uh, people writing in, Fez, congratulations. That unicycle line uh -huh. wasn't the truth. It was an actual joke. So congratulations, Fez Watley, finding himself on the day that he has his stick. Fez Watley completely in control. Uh, Joe, you're on running Fez. Yeah, Rodney B. Yeah. A bear can run almost 35 miles an hour. It can actually beat a quarter horse in a short sprint. And this is all baffling. To Mr. Chris Stanley. I never knew this. This is crazy. They're gigantic, those things. How could they move so fast? Ken, you're on running Fez. I saw one on the Nature Channel about two years ago. A farmer filmed it eating one of his sheep in Wyoming, a grizzly, and they clocked it. They could do it with the, with the uh, frames and all. 47 miles an hour. Yeah, I saw one of these things where a grizzly bear was running down a fucking deer. Ran down a fucking deer. Amazing. An open field. We had to have bear races, along with horse and dog. Well, the thing is, when you're as badass as a bear, you don't sit around going, oh, fucking teach me to race for you. Fez, no choice. No choice. Now that you've got the stick, and how are you feeling now that you're in control of the show? Um, uh, better with the no choices. What do you mean better with the no choices? You're in, you're in charge. It's up to you whether you let me do no choice or not. That's the kind of fucking dude you are right now. There's no stopping you. Are you paying attention to the words I'm saying to you? Yes, I am. Yep. What am I talking about? That uh, I'm, in, uh, I'm in control. I'm uh, uh, putting the pace out there. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something you'd answer me back about? Yes. All right. Uh, beat to death with a golf club or a whip. No choice. Fez Watley. Golf club. Uh, Chris Stanley. Give me the whip. I don't want to be beaten conscious. Uh, what are you picking golf club for? I'm thinking the blunt trauma may make it over with sooner. 
golf club to the head or whip to the head. I'm just getting my face slashed. Mm. They can just choke me to death with a fucking whip. Done. <laughs> choke to death? Yeah, what's the wrap around my fucking neck? It's over. Dude, who's gonna... If I've got a fucking whip, I'm not gonna take the time to choke you. This isn't Indiana I, Jones doing it. People writing into me, no choice doesn't make sense. Because, yeah, I'm making you make a choice. I'm saying you have no choice, but you have to have one. What would be the better name for this, Fez? Uh, choice. Got to do it. Then the choice was, yeah, got to do it. I like got to do it. Got to pick them. Got to pick one. Got to pick one. Got to pick one. Your ass beat by an MMA uh, martial arts guy. What is Uh that? MMA. Right. Or a boxer. What do you pick? Uh, Boxer. Uh, Hicks. MMA guy. Why MMA guy? He'll probably just choke me out. I think a boxer will just beat me unconscious, but the MMA guy will just try to get it over with quickly and choke me out. Uh, Fez? I don't want to feel the choking feeling of losing my breath as I'm dying. Uh, I'll take the uh, the boxer again, blunt trauma to the head. So your point is, with a boxer, one shot, it's done. Uh-huh. Martial arts guy, he might even take a little time, break a couple of the legs before he chokes you out. I don't like the idea of being choked out either. Those um, things that Jimmy Norton is collecting of him being choked out, time very tough for me to watch. No, he, he lets them all chokes, and then he goes for the tap. Oh. It's tough for me to watch. I don't like the windpipe being crushed. My windpipe's already been crushed a few times, and it's got to pick one. Yeah, that's from cock. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sucking anything. I'm just saying uh, no choice, though. I'm really kind of pissed off about that. Uh, Ed, you're on run a fez. Once, twice, you're gone. Uh, Mike, you're on run a fez. Hey, Ronnie B. Uh, Fez just answered a question, said he'd rather have heroin. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Fezzy, I don't think, has seen heroin, let alone know the reaction to it. I want to know if he just got the answer that it would put you to sleep from Chris Stanley, or if he actually knew that it would put you to sleep. Well, I don't know crystal meth either. But I've seen people use heroin in movies. What movie? Um, uh, Train Spotting. God damn it, don't ruin it for me. I wanted to see that. I have that T-vote for tonight. It was not for years. Still, I don't get around to everything. As uh, we were told not too long ago, uh, there's over 5 million movies made. Not everybody can see it. Polo explained that. By the way, Polo sent me the first chapter. <sighs> it starts off as a play. It's not a book at all. Oh. Two people talking. So just like dialogue. All right, Fez, Sticks, come back to you. Okay. Um, uh, no choice. What, what would you rather do? Uh, be um, eaten by ants or eaten by a uh, python? Do the ants eat you when you're alive? Yeah, they're going to keep biting into you and stuff. Ooh, how many ants are there? Um, quite a few thousand. All right, I'm going to go with what you said, and there's no choice. Just no choice. Got to pick one. Oh, I thought you said no choice. Yeah, I, I, I forgot we changed it. Python. Only because there's only a couple thousands. If there's a million, I might have taken the ants and figured I'd go out. A couple thousand seems like it takes too long. I'll take the ants. I wouldn't mind just, you know, leaving the earth as a fucking carcass, feed some ants. Ugh. 
All right, you kill it. I don't want the pythons either. Am I gonna be alive when it's fucking digesting? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I take it back, dance. Fuck it, back to no choice. I'm not doing anything. It's, I'm it's, staying here. The python, it's like a claustrophobic and um, you know stomach acids eating at you. That's true. At the same time, it's uh, it's a couple of different uh, horrible ways to die. But at least when you're in the python, you can shit and see how he likes to taste the shit. I don't think he's gonna mind. I don't think snakes like to eat shit. Um. Yeah, I got the stick. I'm trying to fly the plane here. Um. Uh, fall from a plane or get buried alive? Fall from a plane. Bury me alive. I'll probably choke on dirt anyway. Yeah, I would say I would say fall from the plane. I'm all alone around here. Even even though I it's uh what I absolutely well I don't I guess I'm not underground or I mean I'm not buried alive enough. I am on planes. That happens. The worst thing that happens for me on a plane is if I dare to look out the window and I see the wing there, I just instantly imagine myself being stuck out on that wing or like ho- gripping onto it, holding onto it where the wind's trying to blow me off. Oh, not that way. Uh. That's the bizarre thing of a plane ride for me. The, the bizarre image I get. I always just imagine myself on the outside of a plane when I'm on them. Just, just hanging on for dear life. You've got a great imagination. It really works for you. So I'm trying to uh, come up with something. Um, just letting an inner voice talk for a moment here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not coming up with anything. Fez Watley's got the stick today. Um, no choice, Steel. Feeling better, stronger about it? No. No, just feeling like shit. I am shit. That's why I feel like it. You're not shit. Shit is what comes out of your asshole, Fez. I've told you that time and time again. It's that snake's mouth. Um... We go to the phones. Uh, Dave calling from Buffalo on line seven. All right, he's not there. Um, uh, this that, is all dead, dead air here. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm fucking up so bad. I don't think you are at so all. Bad. I don't think you are. I think he's got it. What do you think, Hicks? Rocking it fucking hard. 
You're making it happen. All right, death, uh, death by food. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, something very spicy or something really sweet? So what sweet food would kill you? And how would it kill you? Like by falling on you? No, you would just have to keep eating it until you died. Oh. Like seven? Yeah. Well. Like gluttony. This is the worst picks I think that we've had so far. Very it's difficult. It's shitty. It's stupid. No, it's not shitty. I'm saying it's like almost unbearable because how do you keep eating something sweet until it kills you? You would have to almost choke on it. Spicy, I it can get too spicy for me. But either way, you're going to be puking before you're dead. Uh, give me sweet. Maybe because at least the first spoonful tastes good. Yes, uh, just the the sweating and the fieriness is no thanks. Come on, give me the sweetness. But you're still going to die from it. I know. So, I mean, you're still going to be ODing. It's slightly more pleasant. I death. think it would be better if it fell on you. Death by food. If you had to be, like, buried in pies. Okay. Buried in pies. Like apple? It could really be any flavor you want. As long as there's enough of them I'm gonna to crush fu- you. I'm going to fucking go off the board here and go banana cream. And I doubt very much people are going to agree with me on that. But I don't like cooked fruit. It's kind of fucking disgusting to me. Fruit is done when you take it off the tree and wash it. Which is a lot more than I can say for you, steak. You got the steak, uh, big cat. Uh, drowned or burned alive? These are getting blunter and blunter. Uh, drowned. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, a watery death. Yeah, I'm a drowner, too. So that was another stupid one. Drowning friends. Drowning friends. Drowning friends. All right, if you had to get um, uh, another body part added to your added to your body, dick. I want a third ball. <laughs> Couldn't be an internal organ. Why? Oh, they're no, not a liver. It's, it's got to be something that people can see. I'll show up my fucking three balls. Fuck it. Believe me, if I have a second dick, they're gonna be saying it. I'll put it on my forehead. Just walking down the street, I'm fucking, hey, you're checking out my chick's ass. I am not. Then why do you have a forehead hard on? Well, I was in this thing called Gotta Pick One. What if you had crushed by by body parts? What would you pick? Tits. For me, I'd definitely go tits or maybe girl ass. Oh, ass. You love the ass? Yeah, get crushed by some girl ass. Fuck it. Chris Stanley, ass man. This is a shocker to me. I had no idea. Since you're you're down to basically only acting like you care about one woman or can That's look right. at one woman. That's right. She's gonna love that third ball. Your girlfriend, Rebecca. No. Bez Watley having the stick today. Kicking ass, taking names. Blowing it up. Blowing up is a good thing, Hicks. At times, that, yeah. Doesn't sound like it. Sounds like uh, my heart blowing up or something. 
you take it that way. Yeah, that's how I did. Um. Into the microphone with your choices. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of some more choices, trying to keep this going. You're Fez Watley. Or you can go in any direction you want to. You don't have to do this. You can go off in any direction at all. Anything at all you want to talk about. No, that's uh, that's what I was saying. I was uh, not coming up with either one. But you can do whatever you want. Talk about the weather. We're having the last snow of the year out there right now. Yeah, it's weird that um, baseball season would be starting around the same time as the last snow of the year. Where does that happen at least once a year in some uh, city? Chicago always gets it. We've been snowed out here in New York. It's happened. It's, you know, you're starting very, very early with baseball season. It, it happens, but it really shouldn't. They, I mean, they really, it's, they say, you know, the, 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 the uh, spring equinox or whatever it's called, the vernal equinox comes around, but it never matches up. They say it's the first day of spring all they want. It's still freezing out there. The, the first day of spring should be different every year when we actually get sustained days of uh, warmth. And then they can go back and say, oh, yeah, that was April 22nd. That was the first day of spring. That would make us all make the world go better? Well, yeah, because it's, it's, um, it's, it's just being sold a bill of goods there. Well, don't you want to be sold the bill of goods? Only if the goods are showing up. Mm. But it's... But everyone goes along with that first day of spring when it's not first day of spring. It's still very cold outside. Still a wintry mix. That is true. I don't know whether the almanac should be sued or what. Well, I mean, you could do this four times a year. Uh, by the time winter comes along, we've been cold for a long time. Yeah. And when autumn starts, it's not chilly that day. No, it's still Be- hot out. Because what we think of as autumn weather uh, is not as long as the summer or winter. Same with spring. What most people consider a spring day is only a few weeks. You kind of go from late winter into your early summer feel. See, that's why if I was going to add a month to the calendar somewhere, I'd drop it in that fall season. Well, we don't... (laughs) Get a little extra fall going. Right. The calendar isn't based on how the weather, because what happens when you're in in Florida, where you grew up? You never really had autumn weather, right? No, no. It was just hot. You maybe get a couple of cool days in winter. So what would you do then when they're going, yes, it's already nice warm spring day or it's already summer? Uh, they would have to celebrate their own spring and their own summer. So now we start and change the seasons around to fit where each person is. Well, they do it with schools. What's your point there? Well, I mean, they you know, a Florida school will be different from a northeastern school about like when they get out for summer. So I mean, they 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 switch it around for that. Yeah, but they're not switching the calendar around. They're just deciding when they want to start their school year. Right, yeah. But it's it's the start of a summer vacation. All right, you got me there. All right, we're going to now move the calendars to each town. 
calendar industry's fucked. Yeah, they're to, they're fucking in gigantic trouble. You don't have to move the calendar; it's just the seasons. You don't think of the seasons as part of that, though. So, what are we doing to spring equinox? Um, it would just be whenever spring actually shows up. But what will we do now with the day, the spring equinox? Oh, we just get rid of that. Mm. All right, let's take a break here. Fez Watley's got the stick. Uh, X, what letter grade would you give him? Oh, B plus going into A minus territory. Interesting, Fez. F minus minus. F minus minus? Yeah. Wow, you went to a tough school. Yeah, really, they made everyone feel like shit. And Fez, I'm going to give you three sevens. Jackpot. I don't know if that's good or bad. It's 21. Sounds good. If we start to make the list up of what you don't know is good or bad, do you, you think it would be a pretty good list? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. All right. You've got to stick anything in all you want to talk about. It's up to you for the next hour, 45 minutes. It'll be what's in Fez Watley's head right here on the Run and Fez show. Ron Bennington, Fez Watley, Ron and Fez. You got a phone. Oh, you're all alone. Man, you're stoned. Oh, you're all alone. You got a Fez Watley, the Ron and Fez Show, on the virus. See, there are three kinds of people, dicks, pussies, and assholes. So pussies may get mad at dicks once in a while because pussies get fucked by dicks. But dicks also fuck assholes, Chuck. And if they didn't fuck the assholes, you know what you'd get? You'd get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit. Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Fez Watley with the stick today, kicking ass, taking names. Now, Monday is the Shorty Awards, and let's hope Eastside Dave gets picked this year. If he doesn't, it's a ripoff. I mean, last year, we all know what happened then. Computers are mean to uh, Dave. Uh, let's not also forget that they kicked him off Facebook twice. Kicked them off once, froze them once. Unbelievable. Why isn't the fucking social media like uh, Eastside Dave McDonald? I don't understand why everybody doesn't like Dave as much as I do. Fez Watley's got the stick. 
Fez, anything going on in that head of yours? Not much. Not much going on in there. Um, I guess I could bring this up. Um, my family's kind of divided. I'm, I'm sorry I keep talking about my father dying. I didn't know that you were. I only thought that your family was diet, divided. This is the people in the north versus the people in the south? No, no, no. Um, I picked the north. This is um, divided over my father's voice on the answering machine at their home phone. Where there's a couple people that uh, don't want to hear it. it may, it's too hard on them to hear it. And a couple of us that would like to keep it on there mm -hmm. just because it's a place to go and hear his voice. So I didn't know if anyone had an opinion on that. Where it's. I think that my real opinion would be it's up to the family. What's your mom want to do? It's her phone now, right? Yeah, it's her phone. Um, I, I think she's in the group that wants to keep it on there. Okay. Keep it then. So, um, yeah, I don't know how that's going to... Uh, I, I don't know of an alternative to that one. It's, I mean, you could say I, don't call the house if you don't want to hear it, but... Most people that, don't call the landline anymore. You call the person's cell. Hit me on my celly. That's what I tell people. Fez turns off his cell when he gets home, and it's how he misses business car calls. Yeah, I, I know. I have both on my phone, and sometimes I text his landline when I'm supposed to get something to his cell phone. We've talked about this many times, but it's a very rare thing, that the way that you and your mom hold on to landlines. I keep mine because my parents only will call on that phone. So it's just like the parent line, basically. Well, it's... um. Yeah, yeah, my mother, uh, her cell phone is either out of juice or nowhere where she is uh, near it. Well, uh, to go back to your original thing, I think since it's your mom's phone, she should decide. Yeah, that, that's, that's probably a good idea. Who really doesn't want it? Um, my brothers. Well, they do this. If they call... If no one picks up in four rings, hang up. Then they don't have to hear your dad's voice. Oh, that's probably a good idea. Thanks. Yeah. Because I was like th trying to think, how do we get around this? You can't take it off and leave it on both. You could take can't, it off. That is true. You can't take it off and leave it on both. It's one or the other. Um... Got a stress test coming up that I need to take care of. Uh, a little nervous about that. When's that all happening? Um, I've got to schedule it, but it's supposed to happen. Uh, well, it's supposed to happen this month. So, but I still have to schedule it. But I, I, I'm just nervous about that. You have to have these done so often. Uh huh. Yeah, and I didn't have one done last year. I I, I skipped it so. So just anxious about that. Yeah. Well, you'll feel better once you get it and everything's good. Or you'll feel worse if you do it and then you find out everything's bad. Uh, or you find out that everything's good and then something bad still happens. Right. I didn't even think of that one. Or if you find out everything's bad, but then something good happens. 
I so there's the other two. Yeah. But what if something bad happens, like you find out a bunch of bad shit's going on, and then something else bad happens? Double bad. Something yeah. worse? Yeah, something worse. Or just equally as bad. Like you get mugged and raped or something. Ooh. I don't know if that would show up on a test. Well, after you get out of the doctor's after. office. Like, oh. if you're told everything's okay, but then a fucking piano drops on you, you can scream at them, you said everything's okay. I wonder if a piano's ever fallen on a real person or just an old fucking uh, TV shows. I'm sure there's some piano mover out there that died because of that. I don't know. About I would call them the piano man. I, I don't know about pianos, but I'm sure uh, people have obviously been hit with boulders, like in cartoons. I would say this. If I was a piano mover on the weekends, I'd be saying to my chick, fucking hate pianos. Just seems like once you get it one place, it should stay there. Did I tell you how heavy they are? Fuck. Play an accordion. I would actually even be saying this all the time. Why can't the piano just stay here? Fuck it. Get a new piano when you get to the new place. Or those keyboard uh, guitars. We have an electric keyboard. Edgar Winter used to try that thing where I'll make the keyboard into a guitar. It didn't work. Let's take another shot at it. Save some lives out there. Thinking about cartoon deaths, and do they actually happen in real life? Uh, the boulder thing definitely does. I'm sure uh, people have walked into an empty elevator shaft and fallen to their death. That's true. That happens in cartoons. Oh yeah. I don't watch cartoons that much anymore. Man, you hear that like growling noise? Mm-mm. I just heard like a couple of two short explosions. Could be me. Could a be lot me. of people, like I guess in real life, have thought they were smoking a cigar, but it was a dynamite stick. I would actually say this if I was a piano mover. Look, I'll move a smaller instrument for you, but I'm done moving pianos. That's why they don't have trumpet movers. Why is that? People just move them themselves. That is true. It seems like they're ready to move the small things themselves, Hicks. Guess that makes sense. They can carry it themselves. You could try to open that business, but you're just not going to do very well with it. It's not going to work good on Shark Tank. Steve, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I think I got a uh, solution to uh, Fezzi's uh, answering machine problems. What he needs to do is have the family hire somebody who could do a really good impression of his dad, have him re- have them record the the, the uh, message, and then when the, when Fezzi calls in, he feels like he might be listening to his dad, but it really isn't him. Would that make you feel better, Fez? No, I don't think so. It wouldn't make me feel better listening to uh, uh, an impressionist, a rich little. Would you? Can you do an impression of your dad? Um, I I could probably only do one line. Okay. What, uh, uh, this is what, this was his catchphrase for whatever reason, when something bad would happen or something unexpected would happen, Mm -hmm. we would get a big, good glory. I got chills. I'm working on an impression of your dad. Okay. This is your dad with indigestion. 
That sounds like him. Thanks. He had indigestion a lot. Find a level flying uh, range, Fuzzy. I'm t- I'm trying I'm trying really hard I'm trying to think I'm just maybe shut the window of the cockpit that would probably help um I, 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 I don't know if anyone does this on their answering machine like you always see in the movies where it's two pe- it's the husband and wife on the answering machine. I don't know what year you think it is. I don't remember the last time I've seen or heard an answering machine. Well, I guess what I meant was voicemail. Right, but that's on your cell. Don't you, did you, just says your name on your cell, Hicks, or do you have a whole friendly message to lay out there? You've reached the phone of Chris Stanley. <laughs> Mine goes like this. Rod Baddington! It's so fucking loud. But go ahead. I shouldn't stop. You got the stick. No, that was stupid. No, no it isn't it stupid. No, no, I'm dumb. I want, here, I want you to say this. Don't fucking inter- interrupt me when I'm riffing. So go ahead and say that. Don't interrupt me when I'm riffing. Fuck that then. I'll walk out. No, don't, uh, don't walk out. No, no. you fucking know. You know so much about it. No, I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing. Bullshit. Do your answer machine bit, Fuzzy. Don't listen to me. No, it's just... uh, A lot of people have them. I, I, um, uh, I can't. You are. It's good. It seems like just a, a TV show or movie thing where the husband and wife both have to come on and do a line and make I, it very cutesy. I did that when I had my first answer machine back in the 80s. You just reached Ron and Berkey. We're getting fucked up right now. Leave a message if you want to party with us. Yeah, Ron and Berkey. I'm just calling you now, and, uh, you know, I was looking for that, Shit, you know, stuff. I need that fucking money. Don't want to pick up. Don't fucking pick I, you know, up. I know last week I lent you like 200 bucks, and I was just looking to see if you had it. Uh, but uh, I, now I'm just rambling into this machine. Uh, it would be weird. that quick. I'd be fucking loading clothes into a fucking bag and leaving town. can't think of anything to say um i'm trying to get some thoughts to process through my head here of something i can talk about you got the uh, stick big man i guess there's foods that you outgrow and then sums that uh sums what an idiot um some that uh, get to stick around on the adult menu. You're that, right. Uh, you know what food I outgrow? What's that? Baby food. Yeah. The um, 
I had some baby food the other week, actually. I was all fucked up. It was pretty good. How come? I don't know. I thought it looked good. I was in the store all messed up, and I was like, hey, I haven't... I don't Why remember. are you lying? You stole fucking food off a baby. You didn't buy any. They had it coming. Did you get the strained or the toddler size, which is a little chunkier? Strained. What did you get? Apples and, like, fucking pears or some shit. And I got some vegetable one, too. That was really bad. Apples were good, though. If you're going to do that, you really need the baby spoon to go along with it. I use my hands. You, you put a real spoon in there. It's just going to, you know, it's going to be gone in two, uh, in two tastes. I think eating a, off a baby spoon kind of makes you like a pederast. Yeah, you're like trying to identify with a child. Then you're going to fuck one. Maybe it just makes you an adult baby, like those uh, grown men that like to wear the diaper and the bonnet. But, like, you can you can stick with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That transfers into adulthood. Not in public. You can't be out of the business lunch. Everybody else is ordering food. I'll the PB&J. Huh? You can eat that at home. But, of course, Hicks can eat baby food at home. That's right. <laughs> but if you're going out with Mark Cuban today and you're shark tanking that son of a bitch, you're pitching him. And then you go, I'll have the peanut butter and jelly. And please cut off the crust. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that's You that's make sense, smarter. my brother. No, you're smarter. Maybe instead of grabbing the stick, think of it less as an airplane and more as a helicopter. Oh, the helicopter's even worse. The helicopter... Hovercraft? Um, that's not bad because it's not so far off the ground. The helicopter, you're just not getting a lot of glide to that thing if it does uh, crap out on you. That that thing's just going down like a rock. You're a glasses half full kind of guy, aren't you? Um. And the, the plane kind of comes straight into, I mean, the crash is nasty, but the helicopter, uh, then it's just buzzing, when it's going down, it's buzzing around like a fly, just bouncing off of buildings. Um... Ron Zero Fez. Oh, is this a random page now? Yes, it is. Uh, do you like flying in helicopters? Or do you worry they're going to crash? I, I would always worry about uh, crashing in a helicopter. Do you like to leave your dad on the entry machine? Yes, please. What are some beverages that you grow in and out of? Uh, I'm going to hang up and wait for your answer. I would say juice boxes. Are you guys ever going to play Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search again? Um, still thinking of stuff? I No, that's the problem. I'm not thinking of anything. I think you've thought of a lot of stuff. It's all crap. No, it isn't. It's good stuff. The helicopter stuff I liked. I feel like this is the beginning of Apocalypse Now. 
Watley's just fucking naked in some fucking hotel room that's all busted up. What's going on there with you, Big Cat? I was just trying to think of something to talk about with hotel rooms. When you said that, maybe that would be something I could come up with something to discuss and nothing's coming. So I'm just trying to throw some uh, whatever stupid-ass thought is going through my head. Just trying to throw that out there. Why don't you just start talking to us? Uh, that's We're all here together, right? Right, yeah. Just today you're running the conversation. And I can't think of anything to converse about. You're new in radio. You're going to feel this for the first 20, 30 years. It takes about 30 years before you start to say to yourself, Hey, here's the way to be, you know, talking. I won't be alive that long. Oh, uh, because of the stress test? Mm-hmm. Father, yes, son, I want to eat soup. This is the end. Beautiful friend. Take this song out. It's, it's already too weird being in here today. This is the end. So you want to give up the stick fest? I, I would like to. Why? Because I suck at it. I just fucking suck. You don't Everything suck. Everything I do fucking sucks. How come I'm not upset and how come Hicks isn't upset? Come on, baby. What, what did you turn into a black fucking jazz guy? Lay some skin on me, baby. What the fuck is that about? Trying to cheer up Fez because he's being hard on himself. Well, calling him baby? Come on, baby. Maybe it's from eating the baby food. Why are you so tough on yourself, Big Cat? I deserve to be. I suck. We don't say that to you. B plus today. Going into A minus. I'm thinking why he dropped down to B after that last fucking calling themselves names. I will tell you this. If you listen to the Run and Fez show, you got to admit it's kind of original. You don't have a lot of veteran broadcasters who say they don't know what to say when they get on the air. It's true. I dare you to turn over the Mad Dog today and see, and and count our dead air against this. I think we'll fucking destroy him. Father, yes, son. So just find yourself in a conversation, Fezzi, instead of some kind of strange topic that needs to be explored. Um... Dancing with the Stars started. Again, that seems like some kind of a... Would you ever say that if you sat down with someone and you went like this? Dancing with the Stars started. I read uh, an article, three out of seven people enjoy the program. Just be in that conversation. Let me ask you this, Fez. Okay. What Uh, Wet coleslaw. Hicks? What? I'm going to agree there. And only because it got brought up to me about dinner tonight. I'm like, what kind of maniac wants a dry coleslaw? I want to vomit now. <laughs> That's one of the more decadent food things I've done in my life. Where um, the wet coleslaw, of uh, just really enjoying some good wet coleslaw. And when it was done, uh, drinking that milky solution oh, at the end of it. Why? At the bottom of it. Oh. 
I've done oh. that. <laughs> now we're on to a topic, disgusting things that Fez is ready to admit to. Oh, okay, yeah, with Freak food. Freak show! Freak show! I've taken uh, Doritos uh, before, spread them on a plate, gotten a uh, thing of Hershey syrup, and basically spread that all over the Doritos. Sounds like an OA meeting now, doesn't it? Yeah. This is just something, things he's possibly ashamed of. I don't even know if I believe these. I'm th- this is look at my asshole stuff. There was the mini Oreos that I just poured into a bowl over milk and ate them like a cereal. Actually sounds good. Was it? It was delicious. Is this why you don't want to live with anyone? Oh, probably, because, yeah, I mean, they would probably see an obnoxious, smelly monster. Stop bragging about yourself. He's stuck up sometimes. Hey, do you like me on this mic over here? I like that. You get to roam around a little I bit. I like the freedom I get out of it, too. Yeah. It's like being in that fucking movie talk radio, where he got the best callers out of a lifetime all in a fucking two-hour shift. Let me tell you something, Houston. Wish I had smoke back here like the fucking redhead guy. That'd be sick. But you don't do any of those uh, horrible eating habits anymore, right, Fez? No, those are all in the past. No, there's some overeating that still happens. But uh, none of the one, none of the really bad, bad things. So you're admitting to secrets now. Letting things out. Yeah, the days of just sitting there eating a whole ice cream cake while watching Princess Diana's funeral. Uh, that Yeah, that's pretty much past. Did you have it on tape? Was this something you were rewatching? No, it was, uh, no, this was actually when it was happening and, uh, got up early because it was like 4 a.m. because of the British time change. Probably wasn't the best funeral food. Was that 97? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. 97, 97. 14 years ago. Young, fresh faced Fez Watley sits down with a royal funeral. And a full ice cream cake. Now, had you had the ice cream cake just for that purpose? Like, when I wake up, I'll have ice cream cake? Yeah. Went out and bought it the night before, saying, you know what? I'm hungry for ice cream cake. I'm going to watch this funeral. Um, Want something to snack on. That was a snack? I'm starting to now fucking feel like your shrink has earned his money. Do you ever do you ever lose your place when you're talking to your shrink and say I got nowhere to go? Yeah, I got nothing to bring up. Yeah, yeah, it's happened like the past couple of weeks even. What does he say to you? Um, he'll try to steer it in a direction or or go back to something that we had talked about before. All right, let's because sub- I, I've I've done the thing with him where it's like I don't know what to say to you now. Let me uh, play the part of your shrink and you be Fuzz Watley. Hi, what do you want to talk about today? Um, I guess I want to talk about my dad dying. Again? Yeah, it's still bothering me. Couldn't bother you for a long time. Yeah. So. What else is going on in your life? Um, just messing up at work, freezing up on the air, not getting shut things done. Shut up, shut up. 
Worried about my mom. Shut up. So shut up. Just worried about how. Shut your mouth. She's taking. Stop it. Mm-hmm. I have a you know shut up. secret that shut I'm up. dealing with. That quiet. And um. Have you done anything about the secret? Uh, not Swatley secret. Not in a while. Secret. No, the pa- the the past. Shut up. You wouldn't comment on why he kept saying shut up to you? Oh. Um, I mean, that would, wouldn't seem like something. Yeah, why do you want me to shut up? Oh, I didn't say that loud. Yeah, I heard no, it. No, I was saying that in my head. No, I... Uh, that's your psychosis. Well, then how would I know that you said it? I didn't say it. I just told you I didn't. You've already been here an hour. Go out. That was a Go fast... Go out. That was a fast... Get out of here. I don't think it was a full hour. I'll kill you. All right, then I will leave. Do you think you're getting better? Nope. You're better no, on the air today. now? Not you're today. You're better on the air now. Oh, I suck today on the air. Absolutely not. You had the drink of the coleslaw juice. Mm-hmm. Um, you brought out a, a story from the Harris the department. I forget what that was about. Answering machines. You showed us your dad's ring. Mm-hmm. So things are popping. Pianos. Fuck every other show out there. We kill them. In the ass. We destroy them. Think of it as a shark tank. I'm bloody down at the bottom. You mean your asshole? No, no, not that bottom. I meant the bottom of the tank. Did you think that he was him and his asshole? I thought his asshole was just fucking puking blood. I didn't want to think of that asshole. Dark blood. Why Come on, fans, jump into it. Move. Why, why am I uh, standing up, moving around, changing your things, sitting back down again, turning around, turning around and facing the wall and doing it? Whatever it takes. Why stay in the same thing? I'm just kind of locked in. Putting as many things in your hands as you possibly can. Just loading up your hands with stuff. Um... Giving me your wallet. Whatever the fuck is happening. You know? Whatever changes need to be made. Hey, take that, Fez. That's a uh, uh, basketball sign by Mr. Mark Cuban. What was that about? I have no idea. And you didn't say what brings you in here? You just take it. Doesn't that make you happy? If it makes you happy. So I guess we'll go to a break here. And um, we'll be right back with more Ron and Fez after the jump. Ron and Fez. The Ron and Fez Show. On the virus. Mormon Jesus. Mormon Jesus. Mormon Jesus. Long, long, Mormon Jesus. Long ago, a spirit child on one of these lands was conceived. Through an unidentified God is on his body, Melody. 
Elohim was conceived. This spirit child was later born of human animals. Near the mysterious talk called Mormon Jesus. Mormons believed in Mormon Jesus. Through obedience to Mormon Jesus, he was elevated to Godhood as Mormon Jesus. Mormon teaching and death and Mormon resurrection in this sense. All by the God of Mormonism and his wife produced billions of sons for the devil and a billion tons of children. Three sons for the Mormon being covering up only meaning. Meaning to decide your destiny and to have sex with Elohim's eldest son, Lucifer, his brother, Mormon Jesus. Elohim's son, Mormon Jesus, approved the proposal of the Mormon Jesus. Savior of the planet Earth would be Mormon Jesus. Early Mormon prophets taught that Elohim, one of his wives, came to Adam to start to lie again. sex with a virgin in order to provide Mormon Jesus with the Indians. Mary Martha and Mary Magdalene. Of these wives, at least three wives, produced at least a billion Israelites. The Jesus of Mormonism, Mormon Jesus. Mormon Jesus. Joseph Smith. Ron Bennington, Fez Watley, Ron and Fez on the virus. The shindig. Yes, sir. Tonight, right? Better be. That ball drops. I'm gonna grab a slut. I'm just gonna pee in her butt. Back with the Ron and Fez show on a Wednesday, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. That's 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Hello, is this the Ron and Fez show? Yes, go ahead. I'm just Ron, and I'm just uh, cupping my hands and talking to you. Oh, all right, so you're not really a caller. Mm-mm, it's Ron. Sitting right across from you. Oh, yeah, I can see you. I can see your hands. Trey, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Trey. Hey, Ron and B. Yeah. Hey, Ron and D, my mom loves box, but Fez, I got a suggestion for you. We never hear about you in high school. Were you hitting that bong or what? Yeah. Um, and that, uh, high school was the, the drinking days. I had, um, I think the worst, uh, we were doing a, the drama department was doing a children's theater uh, production of Oliver Twist, the play, and we had... Uh, was the, it Oliver Twist, My Balls Kids? No, no. Oh. But they had they would bring in kids from the elementary schools to the high school and fuck them. No, we didn't do that. Oh. But we um they would bring in all these little kids and did perform Oliver Twist very drunk at one point during the uh, the the run of the play. You kids were rebels. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of people drinking there, but. Uh, I ended up just really uh, breathing hard, sweating, uh, threw up backstage. Look how far you've come in your career. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, the nervousness has always been there. You were nervous as an actor? Oh, absolutely. I don't I was, know. I always had it in my head that you uh, were an easy actor, like it was something that came to you. No, I was absolutely thinking about radio because the the see, looking out and seeing people's faces, which I don't think you're even supposed to do, is go ahead and look right at somebody during a play. And were they all just doing this? I hurt you. You're ruining Oliver Twist. Yeah, the, the, so you guys, the faces would start to melt. On purpose, you got drunk in front of the children? Uh, yeah, I got drunk in, uh, to, before the play. How come? Um, the beer was there and thought it seemed fun and that it would loosen up a bit. Mm. It would take some of the nerves away. Always felt good after having a beer or two. So I figured, and then just uh, went out there, forgot the lines, sweated through a costume. It was, and it was really the, uh, we did our own makeup. So it was the total waiting for Guffman theater makeup. The heavy, heavy stuff, the heavy pancake and everything. Uh Uh-huh. And so there was just this orange dripping off of my fat face, down, down my cheeks. And onto this white shirt that I had to uh, wear for the play. So I'm sure some of the children thought uh, Mr. Bumble was melting. Josh, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Uh, Fez, do you ever remember you talked about taking uh, acting classes on your spare time? Do you ever think about doing that to kind of take your mind off things? Um, I, I, I've thought about that again. I, I, I did it in college. That was uh, when I got to play Ensign Pulver in uh, Mr. Roberts. At the Pensacola Community Theater, there was um, that was that was very nerve wracking. I had one instance while we were doing the run of that play, where I had a scene, and it was a very downstage, right at the front of the stage, downstage. And what would happen after that scene is the curtain would close, and we uh, they would redo the set. Uh, they would move the scenery behind the curtain. For the, for the next one to start, for the next scene to start. Uh, this was one night where I actually got uh, the curtain closed with me on the wrong side of it. And I uh, could not, I uh, was worried about house lights coming up, and I was stuck on the wrong side of the curtain. And it was uh, one of these old theaters where it had this very big, huge, heavy theater curtain. Mm-hmm. And trying to lift it up, almost like I was, you know, some sort of rabbit trying to burrow, trying to get underneath the curtain and back to the backstage area. So what ended up happening? Uh, basically, my fat ass in my sailor outfit was, uh, my navy outfit costume was uh, hanging out as the lights went up. I wasn't all the way through. It was basically a Winnie the Pooh stuck in the rabbit hole situation. Uh, let's go over to Dan. You're on with Fez. Hey, Fez. Have you ever thought about maybe doing radio to get your mind off radio? It's an interesting idea. Yeah, that's that's when I start to freeze up. What part? When I start trying to think of what to say on the radio. Just tell, just tell us again about how you were on the wrong side of the curtain. Well, I was, and it was humiliating. And yet, in hindsight, it makes a good story. 
It's never like you're going to ever tell the story. One time I did a play, and when the curtain came down, I was on the correct side of it. No one ever has that story. Right. Um, Vinny, you're on running Fez. Hey, Fez, why do gay men like Harvey Firestein all have the same inflection and lilt in their voice? Um, I don't know if you would uh, include Harvey Firestein in there, but uh, it is an interesting question. We do seem to, there's almost a gay accent in this country. Well, I think it's, uh, it's a feminine quality to uh, some gay men's voices. Where very in, if they're very in touch with their feminine side, yeah. that's going to come out in all things. All right, I can kind of do an impression of you if you want to hear it. Okay. Oh my God, I'm on the wrong side of the curtain. I don't know if I had that down perfectly. Oh, you liked it? You liked the fez? Curtain back up, please. Well, yeah, that's what I was yelling. The curtain. Because I was trying to dig my way through it, get it lifted up, and then looking for any of the people moving the set behind me to please just, you know, I was calling for anyone through the curtain that could find, I couldn't find the seam in it. Still doing the curtain story? And you ended up crying underneath it? Yeah, because I, I couldn't find the opening in it where the curtain divides. Mm. And that was with, uh, you know, friends and family in the audience. Did they all enjoy the play, though? They seemed to, yes. Yeah, did I they, they even did. know? Because I've been to, like, little kids' plays before. When they come in and try to tell you that something went wrong, and you're like, oh, I didn't notice. And the fucking truth is you never have. Like, what they think is the bad part of the play, they're not getting that the play itself blows. And not for a second... Do you suspend any kind of uh, disbelief? You're just sitting there watching people you know pretending they're doing something. I would pray for somebody I knew to be on the wrong side of a curtain. Maybe what you ought to do when you finally write your book, Fezzy, call it it's Curtains for Fez Watley. That sounds or, about right, yeah. Did, did I ever tell you I was on the other side of the curtain? The Coming out from the, uh, behind the curtain. That's good. Or one time I wiped my deck on the curtain after I was done ass-fucking. Pay no attention to that man in front of the curtain. Well, that's good. Kind of tied in with the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Try to ignore the guy who's not where he's supposed to be and for some reason in a Navy uh, outfit. I don't know if I was reading that book, I'd be like, wow, is he still talking about the curtain? This many pages into it? Whew, we get it. Wrong side of the curtain. Let's see. All right, the next chapter is he still behind the curtain. That'd be chapters 1 through 12. Same as the steps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, um... Here's something I was thinking about with the uh, Sharpie markers that everyone uses. Okay. How did Magic Marker get so passed up in the marker department? Magic markers were around for years, mm-hmm. and now it's all about the Sharpies. Yeah, I don't know. There's some highlighters, but that's about it. But does, but, but, does Magic Marker still out there? I think it is. I think they do some of the dry erase stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Where they may, they may still have that market. Sharpie hasn't taken it away from them. But that's what their magic markers. There was no other kind of markers around. That's what they do were markers. Their whole gimmick was, yes, we have markers for you. And then they let the Sharpie people come along, and they got passed by in a shot. That fight was over with quick. Yeah, I missed the whole battle. I didn't even pay any attention to it. Aren't Sharpies for, like, adults? And, like, mar- magic markers just for, like, little well, kids? Well, yeah, magic with? markers, remember, didn't they used to smell, like, fucking grapefruit or something at one time? Yeah, yeah. They, they had a very, uh, yeah, very strong smell to them. Where, like, if you drew, if you wrote anything in magic marker, the entire classroom or wherever you were going to be at just had that smell, and it went on like, like the place had just been freshly painted. Yeah. People are saying they are, kids use them. Sharpies are just adults. And you've moved into the adult world. I don't know. I didn't really pay a lot of attention. Uh, Kevin, you're running Fez. Hey, buddies. Hey, Fez. That that was a wonderful story. You just got to stretch it a little bit, Ron. You got to make Fez tell the duck walks into a bar joke every day to practice working on his details and stretching his stories. But he could have spent a lot more time on that instead of just hammering through it. We'd love to hear about Fez's life. Um, I thought I did spend too much time on it. Time on what? On the curtain story. Oh, yeah, but I loved it. I didn't know whether you were going to get behind the curtain or whether you're still in front of it after all these years. I eventually made it behind. Um... I just try. Now that was also the same play where we had the Cracker Jack guy, Jack Guilford, come backstage at the Pensacola Community Theater and uh, and talk to us. Hicks wants to know what a Cracker Jack is. Huh? Uh, Dan Sacramento. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about the the Magic Marker Sharpie issue. Yeah. Um, it's actually Magic Marker couldn't get the tips right. They always had the stupid wide tips. You couldn't write anything with them legibly. Well, they would have that that pointed tip, like in a in like a weird wedge way, where it was almost like one of those old pens that you would have to dip in the ink well. And then Sharpie made the smart move of we'll make a we'll make a magic marker that is pen shaped, that people are used to. Uh, Brandy, you're on Fez. Hey, uh, Fez is telling these stories from his childhood, but they're always sad stories. Don't you have any happy stories of when you were a kid that wasn't all awkward and unhappy-like? Well, I could tell something like that, but it would be I got a I got a bike for Christmas, and uh, it was I was very excited about it. There wouldn't be a lot to a really happy tale. Wouldn't have that drama of you being on the other side of the curtain? No, no. So you wouldn't work. You'd give up that moment where we all gasped. Yeah, I guess I had. I guess I had. You know, eight other uh, or seven other um, stories of when I was able to make my cue and get behind the curtain in time before it shut. But I don't think anyone wants to hear about that. Glenn, you're on a fez. Whatever. Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah. I want Fez to tell us about his cousins who live up here in Nova Scotia. 
the time they came to visit in New York City, some of the best radio ever. Oh, that was uh, the the family, the cousins from Toronto, that uh, came to New York City. I took uh, we we went. They they said that they wanted to meet up for dinner. So I I picked a restaurant for us to meet at, and those Canadians, they sat there and ju- and no one would go near the uh, bill when it came. Not even close to it. And just ordering up a storm. The drinks were flowing. The Canadians, they were drinking their asses off. Here is, uh, that guy was right. That's some fucking great radio. Hicks, slap a bathtub on that shit. Done, done. Uh, Johnny, you're on Fez. Well, whatever. Hey, that was a riveting story, Fez. Hey, there's the deal with uh, the the magic marker is that it it said permanent, but it always washed out in the wash. Sharpie came in, they blew it out, they said, you know, here's a real permanent marker, and that's what happened. And and they all have sharp points, and they all have the wedge tip. Well, you don't want Uh, little kids to be actually having fucking permanent markers in their hands, do you? Well, that's why it's an adult marker, and magic marker, just like its name, and marks a lot, and all those other boopty markers, they weren't very good. Uh, Here's uh, Bill Yermon Fez. Yeah. I think you guys are giving Sharpie kind of a bad rap altogether. I think they just capitalized on the adult marker market. I don't think we ever gave them a bad rap. I think all we said was congratulations. You beat the man, and now you're holding the strap for yourself. They came in, and they took over. Crayola is the one that Magic Marker kind kind of was in a battle with over the child market. You're still never going to beat out a good crayon. I would rather, if I'm sitting at my house... I'm not going to have a fucking coloring book and magic markers. That's fucking girlish. I was never a big fan of the colored pencils either. Uh, Tom, you're on run of Fez. Yeah, Fezzy. Yes. I want you to talk about your toenail collection. When did that start? Uh, that started probably about, I'd say, five, six years ago. Oh, so that wasn't when you were a kid. Oh no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been able to keep a toenail collection as a kid. My you didn't mom, have toenails? No, I had toenails. My mom was just too much of a cleaner around the house. That toenail collection would have been found. She used to go right through your personal stuff. Oh yeah, like your underwear. Uh huh. Yep. While you were wearing them. That's no. Gross. Oh no. Why well, don't you stuff your toenails down your fucking balls? Carry them everywhere. I'll teach her. When you rat hole them up your asshole. So if that had been hidden in a uh, dresser drawer or something, it would have been found. And I would have been back to the uh, child psychologist. I uh, I used to have to go there because of uh, nightmares that I would have. Went about a month just waking up screaming or trying to get in someone else's bed. Like uh, another kid? Like fucking another kid? Well, not, no, but like my brothers or sister, or my parents. Mm -hmm. That would be the first choice. Go to the parents' room, see if that works out. Uh, If I couldn't get in there, then it would, uh, then I'd head to my sister's. And what what would she do, telling you? Uh, No, they would find me there in the morning. And y'all, I don't want you sleeping with your sister? Yeah, like that's a bad thing. How old were you? This was probably like six. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably about six or seven. And what were your nightmares about? What were you so scared of? The lambs? Um, the lambs still screaming, Fez? Oh, I would just... Uh, any scary movie would set me off on a nightmare. Um, I had watched that one movie, I Want to Live, that was on some sort of late show thing. You saw it the day it came out, in 1958. little before my movie watching time. That was on um, TCM the other day. You know, she actually won an Academy Award for that. Oh, I see. I, didn't, I never even knew that. Yeah, it's very dated looking. Yeah, I still I mean, don't she's think... all fucking dolled up in the prison. She's like wearing uh, <laughs> some big necklace. And, and I was watching it. I'm like, I'm surprised a little kid could even get into this movie. You know, it's very soap opery. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, uh, I, I knew about enough about the gas chamber that if they put her in there, she was going to die. And then I would always have nightmares about being put in the gas chamber or anything else. I always had a lot of uh, the house blowing up in my dreams mm. when I was a kid. And I would just go running. Uh, Rube, you're on a fez. Get him up, Hey, guys, I remember that uh, when I was younger, I used to always call markers. It was always just a marker. And now that you mention it, yeah, I call them Sharpies now. I ask people for a Sharpie. It is true. People call uh, directly by Sharpie these days. Uh, Lady Trucker. Hey, Ron Fizz. You can't find the slit in the curtain? You must have a secret. Um, uh, your curtains would probably be about the same size as that one hanging in the Pensacola Community Theater. What curtains that, Fez? Her mate curtains. Oh. Jesus. Uses yeah. them as mud flaps on her big rig. What's that name for her vagina? I'm confused. No, that's her Where's truck. the meta? So there is no metaphor to the story? No, the metaphor would be the curtains. The rig is her actual truck. What are the, the mud flaps? No, that's another... Labia? No, that's another metaphor. Labia Majora. So, the mud flaps for the rig. Uh-huh. The mud flap is a metaphor. Right. But the rig isn't. Right. The rig is real. You know mud normally has to go with shit. Do you think that she shits from her vagina? Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Weird. Pussy Mike, shits? Mike, Fez. I'm very confused. Mike. Mike, hi. Um, I was, Ron, do you remember uh, telling Stalker Patty a story about two old guys and uh, one asking the other to bend over and he could tell him how old oh, he yeah. is? Could you repeat that? No. I I'm, not, Fez, I'm not fucking repeating stories. I wouldn't, I'd fucking go crazy if someone called up, told me to repeat a story, and then I'd do it for him. Matt, Buffalo, you're on running Fez. Hey, when I was a kid, I had uh, a lead in the play, Fuzzy, and I suffered uh, nightmares because of it. So I could kind of sympathize with what you're saying. But uh, What play were you doing? Work. Uh, I wish I could tell you, buddy. Your phone blows. Keep up the... it, sounds uh, like, it sounds like you're dialing while you're talking to us. Uh, Mike, you're on my face. I thought he was bleeping stuff. Hey, uh, maybe Fez can uh, tell us the story about when he thought that a fart cloud in his apartment were ghosts. No, that was an actual vapor. I I haven't had a uh, ghost sighting in my apartment in quite a while. 
Uh, Diane, you're on Fez. Hello, Ronnie B. Fez, might I be so humble as to request you recanting the tale of when the great Cleveland steamer and Lionel Pillowbiter stopped by your parents' 50th wedding anniversary? Um, no. Bill, Georgia. Hey, Fezzy, can you tell the story about the encounter with the cane pole gang again? That was good radio. I think everyone's heard that one. Although, um, although I was looking at uh, photos of my uh, of my dad at his fiftieth, uh, him and my mom's fiftieth wedding anniversary um, party, and that was where uh, thing uh, somehow one of the speakers decided to talk about me and brought up uh, some characters that I never really played, but that Ron had given him the names of, like the Cleveland Steamer, and I was looking at some of those photos. And uh, it seemed to be that everyone was enjoying it except me. There was big smile. My mother looked confused, but there was a big smile on my dad's face. All right. Did anyone just feel that rumbling? See, that's what's bad when you you can't tell whether you're hearing it or feeling it. Probably not the best... Uh, uh, 37 floors out. Probably not the best place to uh, start hearing rumblings going on. Only 36 floors, Fezzi. Only 36. Oh, yeah. Big Cat's yeah. got the stick today. Making things happen. Did you work out everything with Mikey Boy? What you're supposed to do with that guy on his day here? No, I, I still got to talk to Mikey Boy. Because I, I want to pick a really good day when uh, I can make sure that there's um, some uh, celebs walking through the building. That would have been a great idea to do before you put your name out there. Maybe you got some money for this one. So I was just trying, yeah, just waiting to make, uh, try to uh, um, find a perfect day. It's such a perfect day. So I, I will be contacting Mikey Boy on that. Um, Just a perfect day Drink sangria in the park And then later I don't think Susan Boyle ever got to sing this song. She did. Oh, she did? And uh, Lou Reed produced it for her, and they put it out as a single. Well, those two are getting along much better than the media put it out there as. I think with the lockout going on, I'm already wondering what to do during uh, football days, even though it hasn't happened, even though we're still months and months away from it. Uh, Mars, uh, Jerry from Mars has already written in to us. You're not the only one feeling the rumbling, Fez. He woke up from aftershocks two mornings ago from Godzilla. All right, that I'm not buying. Problems all left to 
Jake, you're my Fez. Yeah, hey, Ronnie B, you sound like a million bucks today. What you there? We, what, what can we do for you? Yeah, Fez, I actually, I was interested in hearing the story about where you actually switched roles with the little girl at the play. That, that sounded fascinating. Oh, that, oh, when I talked about my father passing away. Yeah, that was, uh... Wait, we, when did this happen? Um, I had mentioned it very it, briefly. I didn't even know your dad was sick. No, Hicks, he died. keep me updated. He died. And that was just something in elementary school where we had a choir class. And me and this girl had to do a duet, so I thought it was funnier that we just switched places. And we did a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza. I remember when you did that with your sister at a party, too, right? Oh, yeah, that was at my cousin's wedding reception. My sister's very tiny, so we uh, we did a switch on um, the I Got You, Babe, with Sonny and Cher. Where I was Cher, and uh, she was Sonny Bono. Get big laughs? It went over big with the family. You did this during a wedding? It was, yeah, it was during the wedding reception. So it was it was also one of those things. You can't tell anything's going over at a wedding when people are just so stinking drunk. You there, John? Um, here's Camp here, running Fez. Hey, Fez and Ron Show, how you doing? Good. I was calling to see if uh, Fez could tell us the story about when he would uh, have some drinks and then he would fall into the Ric Flair impression, and then everybody would scream, Fez is back, Fez is back. Yeah, I think there was some drunk Ric Flair things. I, I don't even know if it was so much Nature Boy. As getting drunk and getting very southern. Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Fez, uh, have you ever done any other plays before or considered doing any other plays? Maybe Karen Allen can direct. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'm good enough for the Berkshires yet. Why not? Well, it's been a long time since I've been on a theatrical stage. So probably a little rusty there. I would, I would just the way my mind's so fucked up. I would really have trouble. I would worry about remembering the lines too. Uh, Steve, you're on my face. Steven. Hey, I wanted to see if Fez could uh, tell us the story about the time he visited you in the hospital. Uh, I'll just put it this way: I'm in the hospital. My appendix had, had burst. And apparently, uh, I was in seconds of dying, from what I understand. And one of my, uh, when I opened my eyes, Fez was leaning over me. And I'll never forget this. He said, you gave us quite a scare there, buddy. Thought we were going to lose you. And I said, when did you get here? And Fez says to me, I've been here the whole time. Inside. In your heart. I said, thank God, I thought you meant my asshole. He goes, a little bit of that, too. Oh. But once I came, I was done. See, that's the thing they don't tell you in prison. 
It could fucking... Anybody could do anything to you. Do you ever have a dream about being in prison? I, I try not to. I get those where it's... um. I'm on death row, and it's not even like so much of a regular prison bars. It's uh, it's just like um, like this completely white room, where the door is white, the walls are white. Sounds like heaven, my friend. And there's no looking out the door. Uh, Luke, you're on run of Fez. Hey, I got a totally related question. Hey, Fez, what's your uh, opinion of spiced meats? Spice meats, um, I'm in favor of. John, you're on running Fez. Hey, Fez, I just want to say uh, you're doing a great job today, and all these people calling in with uh, requests of you are, uh, are cunts. Uh, any, any live radio from you is better than any best of any day. Thank you. He's got a point. Fuck these callers. Take us home, BC. You know why I call you BC? No, why? Big cat, you know what oh, I remember? Right. Any of that? I, I thought maybe it was something different now. Like what? Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, bad callers or something. Bad callers. I bring up bad callers. Good caller. Um. So just trying to think of something here in the uh, last half hour of the show. And, um... Yeah, it's, so I, I'm just going to try to keep talking and thinking at the same time. Which usually doesn't work out too well for me. Fez Watley but, grabbing the stick today. Would you say you talked more than any show in a long time, Fez? Um, no, I thought I was worse. I thought I was just so much dead air. But I mean, you talk more than you have in a while, right? You think so? I thought, I, I didn't think so. You literally have the lead today. You've definitely talked on the show more than I have. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, at oh, least I since th- Mark Cuban. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I'm sorry. I didn't understand what you meant. What do you think I meant? That, um... I, I thought it was no that I that I kept stopping and uh, had so much dead air that I didn't think I possibly was talking as much. You mean like this? Yeah. There was a time when I almost drowned when I was a kid. On stage? No. No, a different kind of death. Where it was, um... My brother was trying to teach me how to go off the high dive. And I didn't want to do it. And he got me to jump off the high dive. And then I couldn't swim. So I don't know exactly what his plan was. Where, what pool were you in? We were in a pool in Florida at a hotel where my dad was working. My dad had worked in the restaurant at the um, at the hotel, and every couple of months he would um, have to work the pool bar, 
worked work the grill out, outside at the pool. Mm-hmm. So he got to he would get to take us with him, and we go swimming for the day while he was working. And um, so yeah, so I just started uh, going under. My brother was trying to pull me back up, and I was taking him back down with me, and. Finally, one uh, the, uh, my dad didn't see what was going on, but the bartender jumped in the uh, pool in his clothes and got me and my brother over to the side. Oh, your brother couldn't swim either? He could swim. He just couldn't swim with a fat kid sitting on top of him. Uh, time you're running, Fez. Fez, have a piece of cake. No, go ahead. Come on, have a piece of cake. Just a little piece. You could anyway, have a piece of cake room. from between my butt cheeks if you would there's like. There's always room for cake, Fez. Come on. Hold on. You're keeping cake. cake in your butt cheeks? For this guy, keeping it special. Ooh. All the time? Let's just say a piece of cake is ready when necessary. Just not the ice cream because that gets too cold. Sean, you're on running Fez. Hey, Ronnie and Fezzy. Fez, could you tell the story about the time you brought cupcakes to school, or lack thereof? I, I've, I've told that one before. Uh, yeah, I had coconut cupcakes. For anyone who didn't hear, I, I had coconut cupcakes that... Um, that I brought for, uh, I think it was third grade. Because my birthday's always around Easter time. Fez, you sure it wasn't second? I, I'm trying to remember which one. I'm trying to remember the classroom. I thought it was third. And, um, yeah, nobody, nobody. No, so there was cupcakes with dyed green coconut icing on them and a jelly bean that was supposed to be an Easter egg. Nobody wanted my shitty cupcakes. In case anyone doesn't know this, kids, little kids, not a big fan of coconut. If I know you the way I think I do, Fez, you took that one in stride. You didn't let that shake you. No, that was humiliating. Just to basically take home a whole tray of cupcakes. And then even the teacher tried to have one so I wouldn't feel bad. And that was like two bites out of it sitting on her desk. Well, I guess you just thought to yourself, hey, it's up to these children whether they eat these cakes or not. I think they're delicious. Thanks, Mom. No, never ate coconut again after that. Not only bad taste, bad memories. Coconut. Uh, Chris, you're running first. Hey, buddy, Z, I just wanted to get a Lent update. Uh, I thought it sounded like Ronnie maybe had a cigar in his mouth there. I do. Here's what I've done. Uh, I will put an unlit cigar in my mouth. Probably kind of breaking Lent. I mean, I gave up smoking cigars... But I can't, I can't get over the oral fixation. But I'm past the, uh, you know, the fucking whatever the cigar DTs are. But I'd rather smoke. Oh, hell yeah. But no, it's, it's just your mouth. You're not smoking. It's fine. It's fucking not cheating all right, at all. So you're on my side with this. Yeah, I am. What did you end up boy. giving up for Lent? Porn. I haven't downloaded porn in fucking weeks, and it fucking feels weird. Is now, it- did that also mean you gave up, uh, gave up jacking off? I haven't I haven't jerked off either. All right. So you can't jack off without porn anymore. You're so addicted. Yeah, my brain's all fucking fried. Uh, Mike, you're running Fez. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Fez, could you tell a story about the lettuce wraps? 
I could wrap some lettuce around my dick and hand it to you, and you could enjoy your own story. Fezron! You could, and you could tell that to your grandchildren. Maybe even take a picture of it. Uh, Troy, you're on running Fez. Hello? Yes. Hi. I'd like to hear Fezzy say these funny stories when he was a kid, and he used to carry these big lunch bags. Those are hilarious. Yeah, the big bag I have for you is my ball sack. Wow. But the big lunch bags, they were brown paper bags. Those are funny stories. Are they? Are they funny stories? It's always nice when Peter Laurie gives you a call. I like that, Fez. You got that fucker. You taking it home, big cat. Today was your yeah. day. Yeah, I'm trying. <clears throat> you just got today, tomorrow, and Friday. Yeah. Um, still trying to think. Uh, pretty much covered elementary school and high school and uh, and college theatrics. Um, um. So I wonder how much coverage this Elizabeth Taylor uh, death is going to get. You don't want to die when there's a war and an earthquake going on. I like that disco girl died today. She doesn't even fucking stand a chance against Elizabeth Taylor. I don't even think it will be... Uh... And you know, Elizabeth Taylor was the biggest star in the world at one time. By far. Uh, she was definitely the most talked about of all movie starlets. Um, here's Ted. Ted, you're on Fez. Hey, uh, guys, Ronnie, what do you think about the theory that when a man loses his father, he is reborn, and he needs to really step up because he knows that he is the man now? Um, I have heard that theory before, Fez. Have you, are you familiar with it? I haven't heard that. Well, some people say it's the first real step into adulthood when your father passes away, and now that you are ahead of your family, right? Yeah, I guess so. You yep. consider yourself the pedophilia? You're the head of that family? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. How did that happen over your other brothers? Um, <clears throat> because I guess I'm the only one that's saying I am. <clears throat> but you're the middle brother. What about Ricky? He's smart. Not like they say, but smart. Why did you send uh, Ricky, or Corky as you call him on the air, out to Vegas to fucking help Mo Green with his place? Did I understand that you slapped Corky around? I had to. He's banging fucking uh, cocktail waitresses two at a time. Don't you ever touch Corky. You're only here for one reason. And one reason only. Cousin Brucey ran you out of New York. Yeah, I think Corky has the skills to run a family. Oh, he does? What's that? He does have the skills to be No, I said I don't think he does. You think you do? Uh, no, I'm just a mental case. I'm the worst. Wait, I thought you were the head of the family. Yeah, but I probably shouldn't be. 
That would probably be my little brother. But he's the head of his own family. Um, you got a bunch of calls here, Fezzy, but they're all ball-busting calls. Oh, okay. Um, uh, American Idol back on tonight. Um, usually at this point you can tell who's probably going to go home. This seems like everybody goes home. If there was a way to vote out all, I guess we're down to 11. I disagree. I think there's some real fine singers. I think we also have a star that's going to sell a lot of albums this year. And I think it's the fat country girl. I think her voice sounds exactly like all the rest of them. I think she's got a nice smile. I think she's going to move in big. Now, have you seen the promos for The Voice now? No, I haven't seen this. All right. So the uh, 3 o'clock... MTV guy. What's his name? Carson Daly. Carson Daly's are going, the other shows don't give the I'm a, other shows. First of all, there's only one other show and they've been rocking it for 10 fucking years. How could you be sitting around acting like Guido got it done wrong? So their big thing is that when you come to audition for their show, the judges are going to be looking in the opposite direction. The what? judges have their backs to the fucking performers. All right, this thing's going to fail miserably with that. Oh, no, it's going to be gigantic. Come on. It's the voice. The voice. Good name. We're looking for the voice. It's like the dating game with music. Really not going to see who you've picked until uh, that uh, curtain, uh, they come around that curtain. They really should try to put some frightening looking people in this thing. Um, let's go over here to Sean. You're on Fez. Hey, Fezzy, what about any stories of dating a female persuasion in high school or college? Yeah, were you a big poontown chaser back in high school, Fez? Oh, no. No. Never uh, had a date? No, never had a date. No. Never kissed in high school? Uh, no, I, um, I, uh, kissed a girl one time in high school, and that was, like, during a play. That was, that was more of the drama club again. Play kiss? Uh huh. Yeah, and that was and that was really it. How did that even come up? Um, it was. I can't even remember. Maybe it was Romeo and Juliet. We had to do a scene from. So I mean, we weren't performing it. We were. It was like a drama class exercise. Mm-hmm. And I got egged on to kiss her at the end of the scene. Go, go. Uh, you stung? No, no. So that was your first kiss? Yeah, that was it, yeah. And she was very squeamish about it, didn't care for it at all. If this uh, had happened in today's high school, I'd be in, I, you know, they'd be hauling me uh, out of there and suspended for life. I don't think so, Fez. Everyone knows that the retarded kids like to kiss. Uh, Danny, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Fezzy. Uh, WrestleMania is April 2nd. Are you even going to bother getting it this year? Um, I, You know what? I'm... I'm n- the Snooky match I was excited about seeing Undertaker versus Triple H. That should be good. That that'll that's got to be your main event. Everything- that's never happened before. How did we have to wait all these years for the Undertaker to take on Triple H? The streak is on the line. 
Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. How many years? 18. He's 18 and 0. Wow, that's a pretty good streak. Yeah, it won't be. Bro- uh, that streak will never be broken. I mean, once once the end, once the Undertaker's done with it, no one will ever uh, top that. But then the rest of the matches are really just Monday Night Raw, Friday SmackDown matches. Are you watching all the wrestling again? Uh, watching it every night of the week. Uh, just watching on Mondays and and, and usually and sometimes on Fridays. Mm. So. so with you coming back to the theater last night, you're going back to the movies now. Oh no, no, no! I haven't gone back to watch any movies. Did you catch any of that movie last night? No, no. The only thing I caught was when before the Q and A, when the doors open, I heard the big end theme. Mm. You know that they were rolling the credits over. First of all. Even by using the initials, I still think it makes you a racist. All right, N-E-N-D. Oh! And I'm just getting uh, teased unbelievably with this next Batman movie, where I said, unless the Riddler's in it, I won't go back to see any films. Mm -hmm. So now it's uh, with this Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He was first brought into the film, and they said, oh, Riddler. Then Riddler's out. Not going to be a Riddler. Then it's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to play this other character, this crime lord's son, uh, who turns out to be the holiday uh, killer. So I'm like, all right, now I'm back down again. No Riddler. Now they're saying that is false. He's not playing uh, Alberto Falcone. Well, do you think... So now I'm back to getting excited that the Riddler's in this thing again. Well, I don't think that they would try to fake people out because... We're going to find out anyway. I mean, it's going to take so long for them to shoot this movie and edit it that if anybody is running around in a Riddler costume, we're going to see it. Uh-huh. We're going to know it's him. So why wouldn't they just say, here's what we're doing? Yeah, I think he's. I think Christopher Nolan's still trying to keep as many lids on this thing as he possibly could. But how could he? How could well, he in the, in the time of the Internet? You know somebody's going to see this guy in a Riddler costume. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the most uh, anticipated movie out there. And that would be including if they were going to do another Star Wars now. I think all that stuff is finally done. Christopher Nolan's next Batman, I think, will have the new opening weekend, whatever. He deserves it. To make that kind of uh, franchise, people are going to show up for So any chance at all. That you are going to sneak a character in, none. Not if it's a famous character. What do you think, Hicks? Is there any way that they could keep the lid on the Riddler? Hell fucking no. There's You can't keep any secrets anymore. It's fucked. No. You cannot be surprised anymore. There was just a leak of the new Spider-Man movie. And I think it's one of those leaks that's not supposed to look like a leak. Mm-hmm. See Thomas Howe is back and has a small role in the new Spider-Man and gave out the villain from the film that hasn't been, that wasn't uh, supposedly to be announced yet. Who is it? Riddler? No, the Lizard. Finally. Uh, Ryan, you're on Run Fez. Hey, Ron and Fez. Yeah. How's it going? Hey, Fez. I got a question for you. If you could have a superpower, which would it be? be able to read minds, be invisible, or be able to control other people, and also, if you could create an original superhero, 
good will you be? Let him pick that up tomorrow, okay, Ryan? All right, man. Thank We're you. at the end of the show. So, Fez, how you feel about today? You took the stick, you got back into it. Uh, I feel awful about today. Just a uh, uh, horrible, horrible performance. Can't feel good about that. What's uh, rough about it for you? Just too much dead air, too much stuttering and stammering, uh, locking up, freezing up, not being able to get anything out of my mouth. But did it help to get the chance to run with it today? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it sounds nuts, but I'd like to do it again tomorrow. Well, tomorrow I got an unmasked to do. So, would you rather do the unmasked? Oh no, I don't want to do the unmasked. You and the Queen of Mean, Lisa Lampanelli? No, no. I, what do you I, think, I, Hicks? You did well today. Guest host in a mess. That's probably a bad idea. Or is it so great that it's perfect? Let's do it. Serious. Give me the pound. Nah, I don't want to do that. If I get the pound, I know it's happening. I just got the pound. Fez Watley is hosting Unmasked tomorrow. No one's going to want to hear that at all. Forget whether no one wants to hear it. No one wanted to hear it today's. You gave me the pound. And that's the pound of trust. Look what I'm getting again, Hicks. It's a trust pound. Another pound of trust. I I can't leave a pound pound hanging. What's that? The X for X-Men. Oh. X-Pound. X-Pound, Fez. Can't reach your X. X pound. Expound upon tomorrow. All right, first time ever unmasked with Fuzz Watley. Bang a rang. You gonna prep it or just dive into it? Um, I would have to do a lot of prep. I like to just dive in. I like this. Why somebody else? In your name. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk.